Blog Talk Radio. Anymore. 
which is cool for UK fans. Um, and I would say the same thing if it was, uh, let's say, you know, Tank and Garcia. If that went to Saudi Arabia, I'd much rather have it here in the States because, you know, that's where it should be. But I get, you know, financially shit happens, right? And then we do have some news pertaining to Gervonta Davis. Um, He pleaded guilty, which now means his sentencing uh, is coming up soon. But it will be after April 15th, which is the key there. We'll follow up on the Oscar De La Hoya stuff. It's funny, I didn't even really go too deep on it. I didn't play a bunch of audio or nothing like that. But, um, of course, you know, I got some uh, messages (laughs) saying all sorts of shit. But, you know, Oscar created this drama about this stuff. Leaks some – he talks about it. It's funny because he he tweeted the shit, right, or at least it got to Twitter. I think he tweeted it and put it on Instagram. But he also went to Coppinger, and he got – Coppinger got direct quotes from him. And then he comes – remember, it was just one it was just one last thing we needed to figure out, and that was what, what the deal with the rematch stuff was as far as the network. Because supposedly, allegedly, the money had already been figured out for the rematch. Whether that means if Ryan wins, he would get 60-40, um, I don't know. We don't have the exact details on that, but um, – I was just pointing out something simple because then all of a sudden he comes back and says, well, you know, basically the leaks, you know, the leak, uh, no matter what the recent leak, like a report leaked, he's the one who tweeted the shit and was quoted saying there was only one thing left. And now he comes back and says, well, actually, there's a few things. Don't listen to that, that leaked news, you know. It's like, you mean don't listen to you then? So I understand, listen. I respect Oscar De La Hoya as a fighter 100% like I do all fighters. The guy didn't turn down challenges. You know, the guy, there's so many great things to say about him as a fighter. But this is not what, we're talking about him as a promoter. So you guys got to get over that shit, okay? Um, And it's not me being a hater on Oscar De La Hoya. (laughs) You know, it's just like, I'm just, I'm using his words, actually. Or when we were talking about the court case, this is what came out of factual evidence from a court case, you know, the one that got thrown out. So I'm just saying, okay, so just calm down. If you're an Oscar De La Hoya fanboy, cool. I'm a fanboy of fighters. You know, don't you dare say anything wrong about Sugar Ray Leonard. No. Uh, but, you know, you do have to come to grips with certain things, you know. Um so I'm not going to address the multiple messages individually, but I will follow up a little bit about that topic um, because now it looks like it's good to go. Pretty sure they were holding off um, lately, like this week. They're probably going to announce the schedule next week. Maybe we get a Friday drop, uh, you know, the old Friday news dump where you try to uh, – there, there should be huge news. It should be a, a big deal, but they, they dump it on Friday night. That's what they do, like, in politics and whatnot. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But, you know, I, I, of course, the fact that Showtime – it's like every day this week, literally, even today, I got a message. Oh, where's that schedule? Oh, where's that schedule? I don't work for Showtime, dude, so I don't know when they're dropping the fucking schedule. I'm just going off – well, you know what? I'm going to stop. 
going to stop. Edber, Edgar, Edber. Oh, I put Edgar and Berlanga together. Edber. Edgar Berlanga now has a home for at least multiple fights. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, what he has to do to earn a shot with Canelo compared to some other guys. Uh, that That's kind of funny how I'm already seeing that in the press. That it, it, well, it doesn't matter now, you know. Benavides had to earn his shot. Charlo had to earn his shot, but I guess Berlanga can just fight O'Sullivan. Yeah, he's good to go. Anyway, I know I'll get shit for that, too. That's okay. Anyway, if this is your first, we're going to get to recap uh, in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Ropa Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropa Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropa Dope and download the show directly there. It's cool if you, if you do. Um, or listen to the browser. You can find this platform, which is boxing and basketball and football, by the way. Um, you can find the Rope Dope Radio podcast platform on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, a whole host of other places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegrowingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're having, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Uh, stream the best entertainment and sports starting with 75-plus live channels. For a limited time, you get to save $120 over the first year when you get any package and buy the DirecTV streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, learn about how to get premier channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today. One more thing. If you, uh, MGM Plus, you can literally get MGM Plus, that wasn't smooth, by the way, MGM Plus for 99 cents for three months, okay? Call 1-800-531-5000 or visit DirecTV slash MGM Plus, okay? Yeah, that shit wasn't smooth. I'll just admit the shit, okay? Anyway, let's get into some boxing, shall we? And, you know, as the week went on, like I mentioned, this fight, the fight odds just started shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And no, you know, I did some research. I didn't, I don't remember seeing, um, and and hey, send it to me if you do. I want to say it was, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe someone said they had got him for like plus 275. I never saw that one. Um. But send me, you know, the evidence of that. It doesn't have to be your slip or whatever. You can just Google it and see if it comes up. I, I, I did, you know, I went up a couple times, or I Googled it a, a couple times just looking at it. And the biggest one I saw when it opened was plus 225. I got it for plus 200 uh, for Foster. Now, I know what you're going to say because <laughs> this happens every time. Well, why didn't you pick him then? Well, it's called being a live dog. In fact, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to pick until later in the show, but would Lara, just based off him being a plus 200, which he was even higher a little bit ago, which I got, I, I put some money on, on Wood just because, you know, it, you don't have to put as much money down and you get paid out bigger. 
So it just it lines up. But yeah, I saw. I think it was ProBoxingOdds.com. Um, plus two twenty-five. That that's that's what I saw. I didn't see um, anything bigger than that. But some people were saying they they got a plus two fifty. I'll just admit I, I did. You know what I mean? I didn't get it. I didn't get it for that. But I got it at a healthy number. Let's put it that way. Um. So yeah, let's get in the ring though, shall we? Um, do, 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 do Foster for me for quite some time. Let's let's put it that way. Um, just did his thing. Like he was uh, he was he was just doing his thing. Man. Like he looked so. I thought he looked really good. Um, you know, he came out in the orthodox stance early, using his jab. Um. Landing big right hands. These are the first two rounds or so. Um, and, you know, there was there – actually, you know what? The, there was – people were talking about knockdown, but he did step on the foot. So I thought it was a good uh, – I thought it was a good call not to do that. But the jab – I mean, he started doubling the jab. He, he was really doing well for quite a while. Like, I, I didn't give Vargas a round until probably the fifth or sixth or something like that. Um, I, you know, Vargas' right hands of the body a few times in the third round was something there. Um, in the fourth round, uh, he had some success early with his jab and, and a few right hands. The last minute or so of the fourth round, Foster caught him with a right-hand counter. Um, I just – he was busier. He was landing better shots. His defense was better. Um, and there was a, a, a cut, I believe, in the third round on the left eye of Vargas, too. Um, but then I, I did, like, in the in the last part, I don't know if it was like 40 seconds, minute or something of the fifth round, I did, you know, a couple nice uppercuts and just a few really solid lands. Um, that maybe stole the round form. The sixth round was really close. You know, that was close. I did give, uh, for sure, him the seventh Vargas. Um, left hooks to the body and just body work in general. Um, and if you look at that, let's say, from maybe maybe it started somewhere in the fourth, but the fifth, sixth, and seventh, the last few rounds, you could have given some of those. Um, all three, I don't know, but you could have given some of them. Then Foster at times, you know, would 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 actually turn a little pressure up, but also be on, you know, on the outside counter. Um, and Vargas would have his moments and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, the last part of the fight from, you know, the ninth to the to the twelfth, uh, there was there was some, you know, there was some two way action in there. You know, um, I thought Foster clearly won the last round. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty damn good overall performance um, by Foster. And we were wondering about, you know, the height is one thing, but the reach. And Foster, you know, doesn't necessarily have – he's got pretty long arms for the weight class. But, you know, Vargas always – he always had, not like I said, not just height, but the reach. And he, he stays at this – his range is, like, perfect to where he can – time people he can counter he can land shots without the guy going off on him as much 
And that was one thing where I thought, okay, when a guy has a pretty equal reach, not just height, you know, Vargas is a little taller, but the reach. And would he be able to be comfortable with the range that Vargas usually, you know, fights at? I was wondering about that, you know. And, you know, I think it played a little part of it. Now, I did see this is actually the post-Ray Vargas a post he made. Respect to the judges, I think the decision was not fair. I don't agree uh, with her, but got to respect her. I thought it was a lot closer than they looked. Weight difference may have gotten me tonight. In boxing, you can use your legs, be technical, or you can use your legs to run. Fosh used his to run, and he ran all night. See, now I think that's bullshit. I think that's I think that's bullshit. Because he wasn't even running the whole time. Like, he wasn't even, forget running. He wasn't even moving the whole time. There's plenty of times he was right there in the pocket. There's plenty of times, when I say pressure, I'm not saying he was constantly, like, raging forward at, for, um, forward at him, but there was plenty of times where he pushed him back, you know, so. So I didn't see this ongoing 10-speed running. You know, I don't like to just blatantly call anything running. For me, that's just bullshit. Now, that's not to say there's not, you know, on your 10-speed downhill, on your moped, right, with a full tank of gas. You know, I'm not saying that there, that doesn't exist, you know, but I just think it's a cop-out, uh, you know, for this. And, and once again, who did we just say this about? But anyway, he threw, and I don't love to live by copy box, but he threw 100 more punches than you. So to me, it's like, so he was running the whole fight. How did he throw so many punches? No, I'm not saying they were all power punches. And I did think that um, Vargas's best stuff was to the body, you know, no doubt about it. It was 144 to 101, um, 23% to 19%. Um, Foster won the jabs. And the body worked 62 to, to 14. I, I thought he did a really good job to the body, Vargas. And, and I gave him some rounds. I didn't, I, I didn't think it was some kind of, you know, <clears throat> 10 to 2 or nothing like that. But I, I, would, I would strongly push back at he was running, and that's why I lost the fight. I think that was a cop-out, personally. Uh, I, just, I, just, I didn't see him running the whole fight. So that's my opinion. Um, like I said, I, I just didn't see him. I didn't. Um, now, did he move? Sure, sure. But, you know, for Vargas, another thing is, and I like Ray Vargas a lot. I have. I've liked him. But, you know, he's been on the outside plenty in fights. You know, I, I think because of his reach, he, he does stay at that distance, but he'll circle and move as well. He, he's moved plenty in it, you know. And he's had slow fights where he just wins the fight cleanly and it's not a great affair. But I don't know. I just think it's a cop-out to be like, the only reason why I lost it is because he just wouldn't stop moving. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that. And plus he landed like his pot shots, his counters. He landed clean on him. It wasn't like Vargas was hurt left and right or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. And I didn't think Vargas was – uh you know, like, like I said, hurt in like three different rounds or something like that and barely made it at the end of the round or nothing like that. That's not what I'm saying, but 
I thought he clearly won the fight, in my opinion. And, and I didn't think it was because you don't know how you – when I say he threw 100 more punches, I get it. Like, some of them are quick combinations, you know. Um, so they're not landing at full speed or whatever. But, um, yeah. Anyway, what's next? Um, I, I believe he's got some mandos that he's going to have to figure out. Now, I think it's based off of a fight, somebody winning a fight. He could go against Hector Garcia, which would still be a good fight at 130, I believe. Um, if Cordina wins, that could be a big fight. Um, so, yeah, he's got options, no doubt, 130. It's not like he spot a bunch of 130 fighters. So it works out that way, too. You know, he's, uh, he's pretty fresh among that. So I, I do, uh, you know, I, I like what I see there. Real quick. Um, Mario Barrios going against um, Giovanni uh, Santiago. Um, you know, Santiago in the first handful of rounds did land to the body. He'd have these, like, throughout the fight, he kind of would have these little short stints of land, some success, right? Uh, body work definitely worked the body pretty well. But overall, I thought it was just a good bounce-back win. Uh, for Barrios, and, and then now he's just got to look what's next, you know. Um, how high will they step him up, you know what I'm saying? How high will they step him up? And, you know, that, that's what I am kind of wondering. Are they, You know, he took those back-to-back losses. Not, nothing to be ashamed about, but, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It, it makes me kind of wonder, where you know, how, how high they'll step him up. Um, plenty of talent for him to fight at that division, no doubt about it. Um, the other fight, I'm going to go ahead and bring in John in just a second, but the other fight I wanted to talk about is Pero, uh, Linear, Linear Pero, and uh, I think it's Faust. Faust? Faust. Faust. Um, this was a good-ass fight. And you kind of knew on paper it would be. I thought Pero started out pretty damn well. I gave him the opening two rounds. Um, he, the left hooks, the straight left hands, I thought he just landed better shots. Um, Faust was busy with his jab, um, and he, even in the second round, he had a few good lands early there, but the counter left, body punches with both hands. Um, looping right hands, followed by straight lefts. I thought the first two rounds, I was like, damn, uh, Peril is really doing what I did. I didn't think he'd do this this early, but then um, Faust really took over the fight. I mean, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, I gave him all those rounds. He was busier. Um, it was two-way action, a lot of it, but he was landing the heavier shots, starting to go a little bit more to the body. Um Big right hand with like a minute left in the fourth. Um, and by the fourth and fifth round, Pero had his high guard up and he wasn't as busy. And even during an exchange, you know, I think it was a left hook early in the fifth or sometime in the fifth uh, that he, you know, Faust just landed a better shot. Um, and it, and it kind of, back to those earmuffs, the high guard, I thought he, he was looking for the counter shot. An earmuffin, basically. So just the busier, better overall shots. Um, 
through the sixth round. I thought I gave him the seventh, too. It was more of the same. But the seventh was closer, I do have to say. Um, the eighth kind of got off to a slow start. Um, and then in the last part, I mean, the I think it was a, was it a right hand to the body and then followed up on him. It, it was a weird ending, you know. All of a sudden... It's like Perro started to have success, and then boom, hit him with that body shot. I think it was a right hand to the body, followed up with some shots, and you could see Faust was like, no, I'm done, dude, I'm done. And he's sitting there, and he got hit a couple times. It was like, you might as well stop this fight now because he is done. Um, so it was kind of a shocker the way, it, you know, the TKO ending. Faust uh, ended up losing big shots out to Perro. He started out that fight really well, looked kind of like, hmm, a little shaky getting hit clean, like I said, just looking for big shots through the counter. Um, but yeah, that bo- the body work added up as well. Obviously, that's what got the knockout. But he landed 51-9 to nine to the body. Um, did Perro. 92-82. to 82. Uh, He only landed 183 punches, but it was 50%. So he was making a count compared to uh, Faust, who was uh, um, 398 and still landed at a high percentage. So that fight, for me, really lived up to what I thought it would be. Now, I didn't, you know, <laughs> I definitely didn't see that ending happening. That's for damn sure. That kind of shocked me. Not that Perro won the fight, but just how it abruptly ended. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, he was putting in work to the body, but it added up pretty damn quick. So um, we'll see, you know, where they go. I don't think, you know, Faust still has a career. He can come back from this. Um, but Perro, you know, they'll just keep stepping him up, I believe. And, and hopefully he gets a big fight sometime this summer. Um, I will talk a little bit more, but I do want to bring in John here and give his take on the weekend. Uh, the Oshaki Foster Vargas, the fight I just went over. And then, of course, we'll look to this weekend, Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara in a really good fight. Same with the. Um, Neri and Hobanishi and a couple other stuff we'll probably talk about as well. Let's go ahead and bring in John to the fold. How you doing, John? What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Chris. Great to be here as always. Uh, enjoyed listening to some of your breakdown and uh, ready to give uh, some of my additional input to last weekend's uh, action where we had a we had a good card on Showtime. Yeah, we did definitely. Um, yeah, let's hear your take on that because, I mean, on the fight itself, and then maybe you can address, maybe you did feel more like Vargas and that, you know, Foster wasn't doing enough good work or clean shots and he was just on his 10 speed. I'd like to hear your give on that or your take on that, but what'd you think of the overall fight in general? How'd you score it? That type of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you. I'd like to, uh, like we've talked before, uh, nobody's going to get every every single thing right, no matter what they say. And whenever I do get something a a little bit wrong, wrong, I like to break it down, uh, especially as time goes on. I find that's important. Sometimes it does matter what played out, not just saying whether you were right or wrong or something. Why I say that, um, let's look at, you know, Vargas and Foster. You know, interesting, tough fight to call going in just in that Foster had been on a roll, even though he had the two losses earlier in his career. And normally, as you know, Chris, my philosophy is I don't really 
worry about these jumps up in class when it's going from like 126 to 130, what Vargas was doing. Uh, I start to pay attention to it when it's a jump up of a full traditional weight class with one exception, which this did fall into. I take a look at it where something like Vargas was, you know, originally a 122 pounder. Now he's fighting at 130. That's eight pounds above that. You know, that's something you got to take a look at. I thought, as you had mentioned in your breakdown, you know, with his height and traditionally he's got a real high volume. I thought he, I concluded that he'd be able to out volume Foster. Uh, I didn't like how Vargas had really looked in recent fights. Uh, His punching power to me just had dissipated, appeared gone, not just when he went up from 122 to 126, uh, even in some of his latter fights at 122, it just seemed like the, the punching power is gone. But I thought, you know, he, he always, like you said, used the reach and then extremely high volume. I thought he'd just be able to out-volume Foster. Uh, I actually did not – I'm with you. I, I didn't see it the way Vargas saw it on this one. I, I thought for Foster controlled the fight and clearly won it. I don't think it was particularly close. And what I'm getting to in my breakdown, the, the thing that surprised me in the fight – that was the difference. And, and you were talking about a little punch stats, you know, um, you don't always go on them, but again, these are two guys that I, I both at this stage of Vargas's career and Foster coming up to this point, I, I both had them pretty much as non punchers and that's the way the fight went. But uh, so that distance didn't surprise me a bit, but what the surprise was, was Foster. I agree with you, not running, just whether you want to call it, you know, boxing or, um, just he was just able to something there where he was enough of a threat that Vargas's volume was not there in this fight like it had been in other fights and I think that was in part because of Foster it also Vargas is into his 30s now I did note that before the fight he'd still been keeping up with the volume but but it wasn't there Saturday night and I think a lot of that though had to do with Foster's boxing ability Foster I agree, as you said, he was landing even the better shots, both of them not really punchers. Uh, but Foster was landing the better shots. But the difference was he had Vargas's normal volume cut way down, punchers. So, you know, certainly Vargas could not afford to have uh, Foster, uh, who's a better boxer, in, in the punch volume range with him. Uh, and, and, you know, that's what happened here. And I think Foster was able to clearly win the fight. So it was a good performance for him. Uh, I don't think it's being too harsh on Vargas that moved up another four pounds. He's in his thirties in a lower weight class. He's not punching with any power uh, at this point, which if you're going to go on when you're older, usually you want to have some of that pop. There are some exceptions with some guys that are extremely, extremely good defensively, but he's not that. So uh, I'm not sure how good the future is, and it's not just counting a guy out because of one loss like it may seem. It's just what stage of his career he's at, what weight he's at, how he's been looking. And you had mentioned Garcia for Foster. I mean, with the PBC connection, you've got to be realistic about, you know, what fights you're going to see, and that, that would be an easy fight to make next. Uh, you know, Garcia got some exposure fighting Tank. Uh, so might might very well make some sense as well. Uh, but, you know, good performance by Foster. I think the whole key to the fight for me was that Foster's abilities uh, got Vargas's volume cut way down. 
and uh, that was the difference to me. I did think it was a clear Foster win. No, no controversy or doubt for me there. Um, then we had, you know, Barrios. Might as well go to that fight before that against Santiago. Kind of what, a, you know, Barrios was a pretty heavy favorite in this one. You know, Santiago fought pretty well against Broner. Um, wasn't able to do much with Russell. Um, I think Barrios helped himself some getting the stoppage. And then with all the talent PBC has at, you know, welterweight 147 pounds, uh, you know, then I think rightfully so. People kind of look at it, well, where does Barrios stand? I mean, keeps himself on the radar screen more in an assignment like this, getting the stoppage. I think a decision here wouldn't have really meant much of anything for him. Uh, but stoppage helps a little bit. But where I see him at 147 pounds, even though he's uh, tall, he's still got good height for a welter, even though he's moved way up in weight. Uh, not that big of a puncher, not not really physically strong. I, I think – I don't even think he really gets a buildup. I, I, he's always been up and down to me, even in the lower classes, watching him on his way up from early on with PBC. He'll have a good performance and then he would look not that good. Um, You know, he's a decent fighter, but I I think really he just becomes an opponent. I I think, like, the Thurman loss is kind of like his future with PBC. What I mean by that is, like, when one of PBC's big-name welters is maybe in between a bigger fight, Barrios is going to be the B-side. I I think I see – that's where I see that going. I I don't see him, you know, establishing himself as really even – a a top 10 guy in the division is deep. This division's just so deep. I always say it with welterweight and I'll still say it. I don't back off on it because I believe it. I don't think people understand what we're talking about depth. I mean, when you talk about a division deep, you know, with talented fighters that even goes way. Yeah. Like multiple tiers. We're talking multiple (laughs) tiers, not just, you know, not just the top five. Yeah. Of good fighters, guys that are good fighters. I think it's, it's where Barrios is fighting and I don't fault them. Like some people would say, oh, move to one four years. I, I think, hey, you know, you go in the big money division, maybe you're going to pick up some losses, but you get a chance for bigger fights. So I don't really fault the guy for that. I think really you can get some bigger paydays, but I, he's not going to beat the upper echelon of this division. He's not even really going to beat the top ten in this division. So And doesn't mean he's a bad fighter. But I think still could be some good paydays. BBC's got the guys from the fight. I think, you know, we'll see him fighting some names, but he'll be kind of, I think, the guy – like, you know, you know, when like let's say Boots Ennis needs you know needs a fight between fighting a bigger name or something like that as he moves up, you know, maybe not, not saying he's going to be competitive with him, but I mean you get a fight like that, uh, some, something like that. I mean, if Errol Spence comes back down to welter and you know they never put Crawford together and and he needs an in between fight or something, things of that nature. I think that's where we'll see Barrios in the future sort of like we did with Thurman, but I don't think you're going to see him beating any of the, uh, any of the top guys. And then, you know, Faust and Perro, uh, I was, that was the fight I was most looking forward to uh, Saturday night had me the most intrigued. Uh, I thought Faust even got off to a little better start than you did. And I, I thought he had Perro hurt badly twice with big shots. Uh, he was finding a home for the right hand. He was really loading up on it in a good way early and the left hook and he hurt him badly twice. This is one of those examples to me that, um, you know, you're when you get a guy hurt, you're, you're better off trying to finish, or if you've got the capability of finish, you're, you're better off going for that finish. When you let somebody hang around 
you know, it's not always your plane is safe. Bad things could happen to you. And, and that's what happened in this fight. Now, uh, one thing I saw, I saw the same thing that Abner Morris did see in this fight a little bit before Faust got stopped. Um, I thought it might have been a, for a different reason, but it's possible it was for what Morris said. You know, Morris's take on it was, you know, Faust then just kind of started punching with his arms. You know, he'd, he'd been getting everything behind the big shots. He's a good power puncher, and he hurt Perro really badly twice when he was just really loading up on those right hands and left hooks. And then all of a sudden he was like arm punching. He was, like you said, and I thought like everybody else, he, he was winning the fight. He had taken control even with those arm punches, but he stopped throwing for power. Morris's take on it was that, you know, he thought he wanted to play it safe. You know, he was winning the fight and he wasn't going to take any chances. I saw some people, they were tweeting after the fact, but there could be some truth to it that, you know, he had that war with Kalaizi and then, he was up in the fight, and he was going to play it safe. I might not give him that he thought it out that much. I think he might have started to get a little bit tired, and he was. But but I don't. I think, like I said, still it would have been better for him to just. He had peril hurt badly. He was in control of the fight. Get the guy out of there. You know, you maybe 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 step on the gas a little bit because look, letting him hang around because uh, I think he kind of did, frankly, letting him hang around, going with arm punches then. As the, the fight went on, he let Perro hang around, and I give Perro all the credit in the world for taking advantage. You know, kind of thought that's what happened in real time, but I had to look at the replay. The replays were really good. Um, you could see it was one of those fluky but totally legit body shots that caught Faust under the rib there or on the rib right in that, that spot, and I think he was done after that shot. Now, Perro did come follow up with some clean shots. Uh, I think people thought maybe I guess because maybe for just a split second he was indecisive but I I think referee Rafael Ramos deserves all the credit in the world in this fight I thought he did a tremendous job in real time without the benefit of a replay or anything handling this situation correctly and giving Perro a legit stoppage and not giving you know in hindsight it looks like Faust wouldn't have recovered but you never know you know we've seen throughout a lot of a lot of referee performances going back even decades, referees blow this call where Faust, because he looked like he was kind of like complaining, you know, like he got fouled or something like that when he kind of curled up and went to the ropes. We've seen so many referees blow that call where then they, they jump in between the action, get the other guy who just heard him to stop punching, give the guy time to recover. I mean, we saw it with Evander Holyfield hit John Ruiz with a clean body shot. And Ruiz went to the canvas complaining. Referee gave him time to recover. Holyfield would have had a knockout. You know, I had mentioned this as they happened. You know, like, you saw Usyk, frankly, in the the Gassiev fight. He got caught with a couple of body shots, kept complaining to the referee. They were clean body shots. The referee bought it, giving him time to recover. Did it in the first Joshua fight. Uh, you know, and, and you've seen it. You've seen it with other fighters too. This is something we see commonly. We see this call blown commonly because the referees don't have enough confidence. It seems to think that they saw it right. You know, and and when one fighter starts to complain, who actually just got hurt with a clean body shot, that they stop the action and get, give time to recover and don't call it properly. I think that was a great job by Ramos 
not giving Faust the time to recover. He was absolutely right. That shot was clean. And then Perro was absolutely right. Be following up and being allowed to follow up with those headshots after that. And it was a clean stoppage. So I give Perro credit for the resiliency, getting a clean knockout, great refereeing job by Ramos. I'm like you. I tend to think, I mean, even though Faust got legitimately stopped there, he's got enough offensive skills. He's got amateur pedigree. You know, you know, maybe he can still do something. Uh, but I think, I disagree with some who after the fight said, well, Perro was losing. And, you know, he was losing, got rocked a couple times. But I think this was one of those good resilience. I mean, this was a good version of Faust, you know, especially in those first five rounds uh, that was coming at him. And I don't think there's any shame there that, you know, he got rocked a couple times and withstood this storm. And, you know, he's undefeated still. Um, I think, you know, he moves on. Bob Santos said after the fight, thinks he's ready for anybody in the top 15. You know what? I, I think why not? I, I think why not? The guy's skilled. He came up with a big knockout here. Uh, why not take, you know, as good of an opponent he can get next? So uh, I, I tend to agree with that. Santos has proven he's one of the top trainers right now. So uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good assessment. It, it was a good and very intriguing fight. He kept you interested the whole way and, you know, had – a heavyweight ending. That's the thing with heavyweights. I, I like to bring this example up because it's the most famous, Chris, but, and it's, it was real vivid, but it's a good one. And, you know, like I always say, boxing genius, Emmanuel Stewart, you remember Emmanuel Stewart getting on Lennox Lewis when he was in control against Mike Tyson and Emmanuel Stewart screaming at him in the corner, get this man out of there. I don't want you getting caught with some crazy shit. Get this man yep. out of there. Now I want you to get this man out of there now. You know, that's what made Emmanuel Stewart so great. You know, Emmanuel Stewart wasn't – and a lot of lesser trainers would have given exactly this advice. Oh, you know, you're boxing this man, control, just keep boxing him. I don't want you taking any chances. That wasn't Emmanuel Stewart, you know. And I think he's – you know, that's what made him great. Sure, Lewis in total control, but Mike Tyson's a puncher. It's heavyweight. You get this man out of there. You know, you don't play around. Because it can happen. We saw Lewis get caught against Rockman in the first fight. You know, I mean, uh, you get get the man out of there. So I, I just right. think that's your most famous example. So I, I think that that example holds in a lot of fights. This was one it held. Um, you know, Faust really, he had him hurt a couple of times badly, didn't press it, and he got caught. It's heavyweight, he got caught. And it was a crazy type shot, like we're all saying, but it was totally legit. So, uh you know, that's the thing, and that's what makes heavyweights uh, even more interesting. But that was uh, definitely an intriguing fight. Yeah, it was a hell of an opener. You know, it's, it, we, did, we did think it was, you know, good matchup going in. We talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm with you. I actually – I did get a plus 200 – I think it was 215 um, on uh, Foster a, a little while back. But I did take Vargas to win it by the I thought it'd be a majority decision. I thought it'd be. I thought he'd win. I did. I did pick that. Um, but yeah, I really liked what I saw out of Foster. I thought he was the, like the circling, not as much pivoting, but just the outs. I don't know. It's just like he was at. He, he was in, in some sense like Vargas to where he was. He was out of range of getting hit a lot because he showed his defense too. I thought that was something that really yeah. 
uh, alerted me. His defense was really sharp. And, yeah, the countering and, you know, Southpaw kind of mixing it up. and But active, you know, like I said, I mean, how the hell – It'd be different if all he did is throw jabs or something, and they were like triple jabs, only one landed okay. And you say, well, he threw more hundred more punches, but they're all pity pads. It's like, nah, you could pretty much tell, even if it was a jab, that Foster was landing, you know, and it was clean. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm right yeah, there with the, you. He landed the better. He landed the better shots. Right. I mean, he landed the better shots. I yep. think it was his defense, like you said. The defense was there enough. You know, I would have never thought going into that fight that Foster would have outthrown Vargas, and he landed the better shots. And you know, and his defense was was far superior. So that you know, all led him to the victory. And some of the, some of that was a was a surprise the way he was able to cut down on Vargas's volume. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Overall, though, um, you know, definitely interesting card. Any other items uh, from the weekend? Um, you know, I, I actually watched that a little bit of that um, that uh, card from I think it was Friday night with uh, Georgia Costa and Marlon Sims. That that was a quick little fight. Uh, I saw some of the uh, Oscar Torres uh, on that card, and I and I watched uh, real quick like the Adam Azim, who actually uh, I think yeah he went the distance this time. So that was kind of interesting. Um, any uh, uh, McKinney, Stephen McKinney, that I see on my timeline a lot in Du Bois, they, they uh, you know, they did their thing with uh, some pretty big punches. Adele Riley is a lot of a lot of people talk about him. Um, I, you know, I, I just kind of in and out of that card. I wasn't uh, paying attention too heavy. But any, any other items uh, from the weekend before we get into? Uh, what is really a kind of a boxing day in a sense, because it is here in the States, you know, during the afternoon in at night on the zone, any other items you want to talk about? Yeah. Don't have anything else from the past weekend that I really want to know. So we can uh, yeah. kind of go into this weekend's action. So here we are. Lee Wood uh, is starting to come down a little bit, but it's been up there for a while. And, of course, I'm talking about him as an underdog, plus 200, plus 220, plus 215. Um, and, actually, I'll check it just to make sure, you know, it hasn't moved in the last little bit. But, um, you know, the last he, – he was underdog in his last two fights, too. Um, you know, his last fight with Conlon, some of the stuff Conlon was doing as far as digging to the body and being aggressive – you could at least um, somewhat be similar to what, you know, Bronco's going to want to do to him, Mauricio Lara. Zukan is probably a better comp as far as how they fight every fight, but I, but I like Lara a lot better than him. Uh, Zukan in that fight for a long part of it just wasn't let his hands go. And, it, you know, um, he doesn't have great defense, so he was just getting tagged in that fight. Um, but I, I think it's a good matchup. Uh, um, once again, kind of like last week, um, I favor Lara. Different reasons, obviously, and different style matchup, that's for sure. But I favor Mauricio Lara, like a lot of people do. It's not, not going on the ledger, John. But I am, yeah, I'm seeing plus 200 is the lowest I see Lee Wood, but I, 
I see plus 210. I see plus 215 on um, on FanDuel. So he's still a, a fairly healthy, you know, um, underdog. Can he pull off the upset again? This would be three fights in a row. Um, what, what says you about this matchup? Because no matter what, however long it lasts, I think most people think it's going to end in a knockout. I, I'd have to agree with that. But um, I just I, I like the matchup a lot. And I, and I think that, um, you know, he's worthy of taking a flyer out at, on the underdog league would. Yeah, I, I like I like the matchup a lot, um, but I think that Lara is going to blast him out of there at, at some point in this fight. Um, he's ten years younger. He's a much bigger he, wood punch is solid, but but Lara is a bigger puncher, and uh, I think you know what people might not be looking at going into this one is you know can Zoo is ridiculously underpowered even as a featherweight. So he, he's as big of a non-puncher as you could get at a weight like featherweight. Um, and then Conlon, not known as a puncher at all, you know, dropped Wood heavily uh, early on in that fight. You know, to his credit, Wood got up, but and he was nailing him with hard shots uh, throughout the fight. I, I think to me, there's been a lot of misread on that fight. I know some people see it like I do, but not everyone. Uh, that to me was a fight that Conlon was dominating. I don't, that's why I didn't think it was a good fight of the year choice. Uh, to me, it was knockout of the year. I had it as my knockout of the year, but it was it definitely wasn't fight of the year. It wasn't back and forth. Um, it was Conlon pretty much dominating. I did think the scorecards were bad. They didn't have Conlon up as much as they should have. Uh, and I think a lot of people. Agree I agree with that. With that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as you and I talked, I gotta admit, you know, that's where when you see it on replay, you, you you gotta you gotta acknowledge it. You know, when you're watching in real time, the round before the knockout, it, it looked like Conlon had slipped. He he was still having a solid round up to that point, but then when you looked at the replay, he did get dropped. Um, and then, you know, the next round he gets knocked out of the ring. Um, he just he just he just faded, but. Um, you know, Wood now stopping Zoo and stopping Conlon. I mean, and you look at his overall career, you know, he's got some solid pop. Now, there is a scenario I could see him winning, and I think it's kind of even more than a one-punch thing. It is. I mean, you know, it's not one of those. I mean, I do see a scenario for him. And to me, the scenario for him would be, I think it's better to analyze, to look at possibilities, even, you know, then you come to one conclusion, but look at some realistic possibilities. I mean, I think there's a realistic possibility here. That's the best possibility for Wood is that Laura punches real hard, but he is a wide swinger. I mean, you know, he's going to, he's going to come at you and be wild. And Wood is a competent boxer. Uh, you know, even though Kama was out boxing, he's still competent. He boxed well against you, like you said. He he actually, even before he stopped him late, you know, he, he was really out boxing the guy. Um, I think he could do that to Laura, uh, you know, by, by punching shorter up the middle and taking advantage of those wide shots, trying to keep his range while he can. Uh, I do think there's a scenario there for him, but I think what's going to happen here is Laura punches harder. He's 10 years younger. From When you consider Conlon's not was not known as a puncher at all, uh, didn't really absorb the shots well from Conlon. 
Uh, and like I said, Zoo, his other big win is a guy that, that can't punch at all. I mean, just literally just can't punch at all. He had like, what, he has like three knockouts in his career, I think. Um, you know, he just can't punch. So uh, I, I don't think that that's a good recipe to be taking the shots from Lara. Um, you know, we've seen Warrington throughout his career, except that fight with Lara, be pretty durable. And, uh, you know, he, he just got blasted out of there by Lara. And Lara's punched with enough authority since that I, I don't think it's fluky or anything. He, he just was a younger guy. You know, he was, you know, turning pro younger and, you know, didn't have any particular amateur pedigree or anything. He started out as a bantamweight, or at least he fought a lot as a bantamweight. Now he's at Feather, but he just, you know, I think it's just uh, kind of a, a little bit of the maturity, but still being at the prime at 24, to me, you know, more of a traditional boxing prime, you know, you're a featherweight. Uh, we've, we've discussed this issue a lot. I mean, that's, that's one thing that was a little better about the older days, not the wear and tear of all the fights, but the fact that the fighters were, were you know, really getting their pro careers going bigger when they were younger because, the you know any neurologist is going to say you know you, you don't want to the brain trauma is never good to be taking but it's much worse to be taking you know after you're 30 years old so just what i'm saying is you know this this to me laura he's almost like a traditional prime fighter here you know 24 year old featherweight guy coming into his own he's got the power uh you know fighting in the uk can be difficult but there i'm looking at him saying you know he's got the warrington win over there he's He's fought over there. It shouldn't be as big of a deal for him uh, as it would be normally if this was just some fighter having their first big fight over in the UK. So I, I think that's in his, to his advantage as well, that uh, he, he's already that's a good got point. out of his Yeah. I, I think the uh, traveling and all I think that. That's gonna, right. Acclimating to everything, food, being comfortable, culturally, all that stuff. He, he should have that down um, at this point. And I think he will have it down. So I think that helps him. So I think Woods' one shot here is really, if Laura is just so wide and he's able to punch in between, I don't even think it has to be a one-shot deal, but if he's able to do that from the beginning and just keep punching in between, that might be his one scenario because he does have some pop. I mean, he's not a pity-pat puncher. Uh, he, he's got some pop. Uh, that Those things you could see from you know him stopping – uh, Conlon late and stopping Zoo late. But again, those were late stoppages too. I mean, you know, that, that kind of works in a way. I think with somebody who's going to hit him as hard as Laura is and work the body and things, that's not necessarily in his advantage. You know, I mean, people are looking, yeah, Wood got some pop, but, and, and it's good to carry it late, but, you know, he's going to, he, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to get to late in this one. That, that, that's what I, I think people are looking at. I don't think that's going to happen here. I, I don't think. I, I just think Laura is too aggressive. Uh, he's going to be coming at him. Woods 34, and I think he's going to put too much hurt on him, and, he, and he's going to end up blasting him out of there. Uh, but I do like the matchup a lot. It, sh- it should be interesting, and and I do see that scenario for Woods. So I'm not completely counting him out, but just 10 years younger, more power. Uh, Wood getting dropped hard by Conlon, a guy who's not a puncher, taking some shots and, and not really facing a puncher like Laura before. I think all those factors to me lead to a Laura knockout victory. 
and then, like, I'm on my bookie right now, John, and the over-under is six and a half. Do, do you believe <laughs> it can get uh, – where, where, do, where do you – like, I've, I'm with you there as far as the knockout. Um, I'm going over, but where, where do you sit on that one? That's an interesting number. It is to me, and to me, and that's why the odds makers are the odds makers. I'd say exactly. it's right on the top like, for me. <laughs> Too good of a because number. I think, Damn, I can't figure it out. Because I think I'm thinking more of. I, I don't think it's. I, I I was thinking that. I kind of feel, you know, like like Laura stopping him within six is right where I start feeling comfortable. With him, you know, the overrunner is only one round away. I find that I find it tight. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to lay a lot down on it, and and uh, if you know you can't always read through odds what's most likely to happen according to the odds makers, and I guess if you look at all those round grouping props, the most likely outcome is Laura within six. Um, I do lean towards that, but it's just tight. I wouldn't, you know, I could see it going to seven or eight. So, uh, you know, within right. six can be kind of quick. Um, but I do think, you know, I talked about the one scenario for Wood. I do think there's a scenario here also for Laura where he comes out aggressive like he did in the first Warrington fight, and Wood just can't right. take it. I, I do think that's within the realm of possibility. So um, that's the thing that worries me about going with an over there. Um, it, right. It's just kind of kind of tight. They've got you kind of on this one. It's Yeah, I saw Laura. I was surprised. I saw Lara on DraftKings start out at a minus 300, and it did go down. It's like you're saying. It went down to minus 275. So Wood got some money. Um, and, and, you yeah, know, plus 112 right now for the six and a half over, and it is minus 285 uh, plus, one, plus 197 right now for, uh, for Wood. Yeah, myself, I think I'm looking at a little bit of the – just a little bit of the under six and a half and, and Laura for the win. I don't, I don't, the number is a, maybe a little high. I thought it might be, I did think it might be a little bit closer. Um, but still, I just, I guess, you know, sometimes, you, you know, we do get to this where you're just like, I just think Laura is going to win the fight. So. Right. Um, That's exactly what it is. <laughs> right. So I think, I think maybe, you know, some, some Laura to win maybe for me, very close call, though. I don't feel real good about that, but maybe a little bit of, for me, maybe a little bit of a Laura within six. But I, I wouldn't. Yeah, and I one wouldn't of the props, it. one of the props on my bookie is uh, would it go the distance? Will this fight go the distance? You know, and I I haven't even looked at that one, but I know it's it's no is obviously going to be minus, but that's one where you're pretty. That's a, I think that's a pretty safe bet too. That yeah, it's not going. Yeah, because on this one, like, even though they're different fighters, and I think it is a lazy comparison when you just compare guys to each other based on, like, say, nationalities or, or races or things like that. But with that part understood, you know, you had Lopez and Warrington. Lopez, his first time over to the U.K., uh, Warrington ended up going the distance. I just – I don't think that Lopez is the puncher that Laura is. Um, and I would have said that going in too. Now I think he's he's got he he is more of a boxer. He's got more boxing skill than Lara, but I don't think he's the same puncher. So, um, like I said, they're different guys. But um, you know, Warrington 
maybe he's a little bit more durable than Wood, and you know, Lara's a bigger puncher than Lopez. Just just a recent you know UK fight, um, Mexican Mexican American fighters going over here. I, I just say with Lara, you know, I, I was looking. Lara actually apparently was born in the United States, so. Um, I just found that found, found that kind of interesting. I hadn't hadn't been hearing it, but uh, we know under U.S. U.S. law that makes so we US can put him under the list. The, the young <laughs> under twenty five list that we went over a couple like last year. He's on the list. I don't know if we added him on there, but he's on it. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like the uh, Andy Ruiz thing. I, I mean, you do have to mention it. I mean, um, even if maybe the identification's not there, I, I just happen to notice this. This week when I was researching for the fight, and I said, I, I don't remember noticing that before, but they actually have uh, Laura's birthplace listed as the United States. So, yeah, he might – the U.S. The US might, be, might be claiming up here. So uh, – uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – you know, it's just interesting. That doesn't mean that, uh, of course, he, he's not Mexican, but it's uh, – it's it's interesting though that looks apparently born in the United States, which under U.S. law makes him a citizen. So uh, interesting that 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 connection there. But um, you know, a, a recent fight, the, the Warrington Lopez comes a little bit to mind. But there are, there are, there are, I think there are differences there. So uh, that that's kind of what I'm looking at. But w- the one flaw in Laura I do see is you know he, I mean he's a wild swinger. So you know as we know. Every once in a while, you know, somebody who's who's relatively good that is a wild swinger. You know, the the, the wrong guy catches up to him that punches in between, and I, I'm sure Woods looking at those kinds of things. But I just think Laura's going to be too too young and strong, too powerful for him. Yeah, you almost forget that he's that young. It's just like wow, I had to recheck that. I think yeah, you're right. He's really young. Yeah. Like, I think yeah, people are forgetting. I just that. like his you gotta look at style. He's really calm, yeah. but he's coming to get you, you know. Right, and and a younger guy can fight that style, and that's what you got to look at. I mean, you know, Woods thirty four. You know, you, you get a 24 year old young fireball like that, like you're saying. Who, and again, that's that is another Emmanuel Stewart thing when when he used to talk about explosiveness. You know, when you're fighting with that explosive power style, you know, that, that's a young that's a young guy style. You know, you gotta you got to be young and, and just have that physical force and, uh, you know, some, some reflexes there to do that. And, and you know, Lars 24, he can do that. And that, that's going to be, that's going to be hard for Wood because you know, even Conlon, even though, you know, he came out of the Olympics not too long ago, you know, he, he's, he's not that, you know, he's not that young. I mean, you know, in terms of relatively speaking, you know, so, no, you're right. Uh, that's true. Yep. It's a different and it's not world. like it's he was world. overly proven either. He had just come off a really good fight, but, you know, he, he doesn't right. have a bunch of big wins or something. No, people were – people before that good fight he had come off, people were down on him. So, you know, they had yeah. down on him. Even Real down. top rank wasn't even really using him that much anymore. You know, they had been kind of giving him top billing and, and kind of had pulled back on that. So. a good guy at least when you see him interviewed and stuff and he, he pulled off two uh, impressive upsets but I think this is the end of the line on that here yep 
I, I think you're right. Um, as much as people don't want to listen to or hear this, but Wood is, I mean, circling, pivoting, and all that. He can punch on the move. I've noticed that, but like, he's gonna have to clinch him from time to time. Like, he's just gonna have to. Like, there's just not just when he's hurt either. And I'm talking about more of a quick clinch, turn him, and then get the hell out if you're stuck someplace, because uh, you know it's it's. It's, it, you know, it's going to be a handful. But it's going to be a good fight, and I definitely don't think that Wood should be downplayed all the way because he does. He's a successful, you know, he, 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 like I said, the uppercut. He can land an uppercut on the move, and I think uh, Laura does, you know, leave himself over, you know, open for that. The overhand right and the left hook to the body and head, especially the body, when you see even, you know, Kanzu, but especially um, Conlon, what he was able to do with the left hook of the body, it just seems like, you know, he, he's going to have a heyday when it comes to that. But I am definitely looking towards uh, for that fight. Um, what about the Neri Hovanesian fight? That's, um, that's even tighter, or that is tighter, not even tighter, because that's not crazy tight, the one we just talked about. But on the books, FanDuel plus 120, to uh, Hovanesian, plus 125, plus 140, um, plus 130 at five dimes, and, of course, I'm on odds.com. You know, I feel like this one is just kind of like, okay, which uh, which Neary shows up, John? You know, that's what I kind of feel about this fight because I'm kind of hesitant on where to go with this one. I'm just like you, Chris. I'm hesitant to where to go for the same exact reasons. And, you know, it's kind of funny the, the way the trajectory's gone for these two guys to me. Because even though, you know, Hovanishan has been around for a while, I didn't think much of him. Um, but, you know, he, he, he has had a couple of fights lately where he, he's done some things to impress me a little more. I, I guess he's a guy I'd, I'd have to put in the category of he's he's a little you know sometimes you just got to adjust but I think he's a little better than I thought he was and you know the best Mary kind of the opposite you know a few years ago was real high on him uh, you know he's he's had some ups and downs and even though Brandon Figueroa's got that aggressive style and real strong um, you know it was kind of surprising the way Figueroa was able to push around Neri and you know when Hovanesian's fighting well he can go with that style so um that you know maybe Neri's a puncher if, if you know he can stand get his leverage not get pushed back not have to move too much but he might have to do that against Hovanesian the way Hovanesian fights and that could be a problem for Neri so I think if the the, the best Neri shows up you know, he, he can stand his ground and nail a guy like Covenetian with power and get him out of there. But I'm with you. I, I just don't know if that guy's going to show up. And, and if he doesn't show up, you know, Hovenetian, aggressive, could push him back, go high volume, and he might be able to wear down Nary and get him out of there late. So uh, that's probably why, again, the odds makers, the odds makers, and they got. I'm with you. I, I, I haven't really settled on this one because I just don't know with Nary what you're going to get. He, he really is a guy who you need to see that way in. And 
make sure he makes weight without extra trouble, things like that. And you still don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm having trouble making a call there just for the same reasons. I don't know exactly what Mary we're going to get here. Yeah, I think he's going to win, but, yeah, it's – and you're right. I, I think uh, Hovindesian has shown some improvement, even from – what is he on, like six or seven in a row after that, speaking of Ray Vargas fight. Um, now, obviously, Neri – that is funny how it does happen sometimes. People – I mean, boxing Twitter was so high on this guy, <laughs> Neri. And the way he would demolish some guys, especially early on, kind of in that prospect to contender range, and a little beyond that. And then, you know, he'd have a performance where you're like, hmm, wait, he didn't look all that good, you know? And obviously it's it's not a bad loss that he had per se, but, you know, he just got he got overwhelmed, obviously. A tough matchup and whatnot. But, yeah, he's definitely faced the better fighter, obviously, multiple times and has better wins, but man, I just, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm picking Neri by decision. I don't know. This, this one is, uh, you can tell why the, you know, the odds are, are tighter, obviously. Um, any other yeah. items that you, you'd like to talk about with this fight or any other fights or, you know, fight news that we hear about or, um, you know, Berlanga got signed to matchroom, going to fight Canelo here soon, I guess. Uh, any any items that you uh, you know would like to yeah, talk about? Yeah, just touch touch on touch on a couple of these real quick, and then a couple, a couple some of the upcoming fights we, we're getting, or it looks like we're getting. The Berlanga signing, believe it or not, you know that's a good signing for Hearn. Some people don't follow oh, yeah. the TV part of the game. It definitely. I is. mean, you you follow you follow it. I follow it. And even though Top Rank really didn't want him anymore, it's a good signing for Hearn because. Even though Hearn, you know, he's from the U.K. and he's got to get used to the U.S. market, um, one thing him and the people at DAZN do understand when, when every once in a while you've seen him try to get a PBC guy to at least have a fight over there or, you know, in this case, signing a, a former top-ranked guy who's gotten, you know, higher exposure. In other words, you know, when you fight on DAZN, not that, it's just a, the fact in the U.S. Not that many people see you. But Berlanga had all those ESPN appearances were and even some of his ones when he was going on that run had real rel- relatively high ratings compared to other fighters on ESPN. So, you know, when they bring him over to the zone, I mean, he, he's been seen. You know what I mean? Like, like at least compared to other fighters, and especially compared to other fighters fighting on the zone for Matchroom in the U.S., you know, people know who he is. So, her knows that a guy like that has value to him because the zone can't build a guy up like that. Like, in other words, a good example would be, you know, when, when Jaime Munguia is fighting on the zone, you know, he's not being seen by anywhere near the people that were seeing Berlanga, you know, even though you might consider him a fighter, you know, with at least better upside or, you know, potential to be some kind of a star type of thing. But, you know, he, he was not seen by, the people that see Berlanga. So I don't want to see Berlanga fight Canelo. I, I don't like that, but I, I do think it's a good signing for Hearn just because the guy's gotten some exposure. People, in the at least in the boxing world, know who he is. So, you know, the zone in the U.S. needs guys like that. So I thought that was a good move there. Um, then, you know, the PBC card, 
with the depth of the uh, plant Benavides card it really is excellent for what we get in boxing nowadays. I think that makes, I mean, I've always been the school of thought, you know, even like I've heard Steven Espinosa say, well, you know, we just go with the main event because, you know, that's what our research shows fans are going to buy. But I've always still felt in the boxing world, I mean, fans are going to look at the depth of the card and you're going to get more buys. Um, and, and obviously they're doing that here. So like, in other words, even though Plant Benavides is, is the main event and obviously the big fight out of them, still, you know, with all the pay-per-views we're getting and everything, if that was going to be just Plant Benavides and a lot of other fights that weren't too good or mismatches, I mean, you're going to have fans saying, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to stream this, this thing. You know, I'm going to pick up a stream somewhere or I'll sit this one out. And I think this card's good enough. You're not going to get that. I mean, Spencer and Ramos is excellent. Another kind of a do-or-die type fight with Valenzuela, and they both look good in this fight. Uh, but, you know, that, that lot at stake there, two guys, let's not forget, two guys we were real high on very recently. And I don't think it's wrong. It's just they both happen to pick up a loss. So um, that's, that's a really good fight. Cody Crowley's to me, exceeded expectations. He keeps looking good. He, he actually, I never thought I'd be saying it, but he, he kind of, he's even showing signs he can do everything but punch. He's got a lot of versatility. And, you know, Abel Ramos, he brings power. So, um, you know, when you're in with him, even though he's up and down, you know, he, he's not a guy that can't hurt you. He can't hurt you. So that's, you know, that's an interesting fight there. Um so to get all these fights on uh, one card, you know, you got you got to pay. We're we're getting bombarded for pay per view, but at least that's truly a that's truly a good night of boxing. I mean, that's that's four fights you know you can look forward to watching. So I think that's real good. And then even though I laughed when they said it was a WVO, to me it's obviously just top rank ordering Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez. But you know you know the odds pro boxing odds put out. Odds on that already. They're real close. Taylor's slight favorite. It would be an entertaining fight, intriguing. I mean, you you give me that on ESPN in, in the U.S. I mean, that's a heck of a TV fight to me. So, um, you know, Catterall, yeah, that was a close fight. But Catterall is and Taylor, Taylor did look terrible in that fight. But as terrible as Taylor looked, uh, Catterall didn't step it up enough in the second half of that fight. So this thing like everybody else. Oh, you know, Catterall's getting screwed and all this. Yeah. You know, if they would have had a rematch, fine, but, uh, Catterall didn't do enough in the second half of that fight as good as he started out and dropping Taylor. So, you know, if they're going to put Taylor in with Tiafimo Lopez and we're going to get it, I'm hoping on ESPN in the U S I mean, that's, that's a good fight to be getting on ESPN in the U S. So I'm, I'm pretty good with that. And I just say, you mentioned it. So, you know, I haven't studied the facts of the case that much, but I do have a little bit of thoughts on this tank situation with the, with the plea deal. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you got to look at it. probably what I would just be guessing that they would be looking at in sentencing with that type of a thing would be, you know, what the problem tanks probably got there is, I mean, if, if you're hitting, if you're hitting and running there, the, you know, the charge the charge isn't DUI, but you know there's going to be a pretty so, pretty strong assumption that you were you were DUI. That's why you hit and ran. Um, and then you have injuries. So I don't. I think that that's then the X factor because probably 
they'd probably be looking at something like that. Let's say there were no injuries. Well, you know, might have had too much to drink and been running, and you know, maybe it's like a DUI. But but somebody got hurt, so you know, would you know would a, would a judge you know look at that more? You know, and depending on you know what what the available sentences are, uh, you know, in that jurisdiction for the charge. I mean, are you going to look at it more that way? But it's still a misdemeanor charge. Um, you know, you know, you're not going to be looking at any. You're not going to be looking at any real lengthy jail time. I don't think for something like that. So, um, but you know, there, there there could be something there. So, hey, look, you know, boxing's a, a business in that sense. Like you and I have discussed, I think in boxing, it's hard enough to police a lot of things. Um, you got to just kind of go on the legal system. Why I mention that is Garcia Tank Davis fight is going to come off, and they're going to set it before there is any sentencing or any jail time in this case. I mean, Hey, you're making your business decision. Why not? Why not get that in and get that payday in before that? If, if the fight yeah. you know, takes place, if they want, if they want to do it under those circumstances. Um, but I think that they could. So I don't think it necessarily uh, derails it because look again, with the business part, sometimes you might want to have it then because uh, you know, if there's going to be some time, you're not going to be fighting or training. And, you know, again, it's a business and you have a short boxing lifespan, relatively speaking, right. earnings lifespan. You get all the earnings you can. So, um, and you already still, fought twice this fight. year then if that, if it went through, you know, twice, um, you know, with because April 15th is the working day. Now we believe it's the date. If we're going off of when he's going to have sentencing, you know what I mean? They're not going to schedule it after right. that. But uh, right. It, well, they could, but they'd probably have to push it back. But um, yeah, especially if you got two fights in already, it's like, hey, boom, you know, I can sit sixty yeah. days or whatever, and and then by the end of the year, return. So it kind of seems, I right. don't know, it's kind of working out how we thought it was a couple months ago talking about this. I mean, even if it was months, right? You know, anything less than a year. I mean, you, yeah, you're gonna. Exactly. Get you know, get the fights in, do that, and then then come back after that. But safer business decision uh, to get it in now, and, and it might have been. I was thinking that even with the Garcia fight. I mean, it might it might be in the. It, you know, they're not going to say it. it. It probably was in the back of maybe not even the back of their mind, the front of their mind. So, um, you know, they might want to get this Garcia Tank Davis fight in, um, and that, that, that's pretty much it. You know, one thing I was just thinking though today. It, it, to me, it's kind of surprising, actually, almost how the buzz has been lost. I mean, this one's going to be on with Top Rank, not Showtime. But, um, you know, it's still worth talking about to me. I mean, I, I'm not – I don't really feel like I'm hearing too much buzz with this Jake Paul fight with Tommy Fury coming up, you know, just in a couple of weeks. I mean, it seems like that's got the buzz of a fight that's a, a few months off or something like that. So, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to do on uh, – ESPN plus pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm wondering the same, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see fight week. And if they go heavy on the, uh, like I'll be watching ESPN during the week for college basketball and stuff. So we'll see if they actually advertise it there or if they just keep it on the, the plus and just, you know, advertise it there. Or if we will see that string on YouTube, when you usually see, 
feel of the commercials, but you're right. It doesn't – it just see, we we documented this, too. It seems slowly but surely it's just kind of like, huh. And it's, it's, it's weird, too, because now he's facing a quote-unquote boxer, right? So it's like, all right, well, this is the time, you know, and I don't know. I just – I don't know. We'll see how it does. But, yeah, I, during the day here in boxing regularly doesn't do great. Uh, you know, on that, we saw that with, uh, well, we've seen that numerous times, but even with ratings, right. forget the pay-per-view, we've seen that plenty too, but we obviously saw it with the Fury uh, and, and Dillian White, and, you know, how they didn't do a pay-per-view the rest of the year. You know, they haven't done a pay-per-view right. until this one, so um, that yeah. probably... Those, no, those, that numbers got, those numbers got buried in a, in a, in a box under a, river, <laughs> under a river somewhere. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. I did hear that, you know, cause Oscar, you know, it's funny. Oscar says we only got one thing to figure out and then we're done, but let's not fumble this at the one yard line, you, you know, uh, during Super Bowl stuff. But then he comes out and says, no, you know, don't pay attention to the leak information that actually has quotes of Oscar <laughs> and he tweeted it, but, but actually, it's a few things, but we're really close, you know, and I, I actually just saw a video on Fight Hype saying, we're now finalized our side, we're happy with the contract, it's just about, you know, announcing it now, and obviously having Gervonta uh, get this cleared up to where they have dates figured out, run it, I would assume, I mean, you know, would they do it tomorrow? I'm not sure right before the weekend, it's, I was talking about a news dump, the old political term of a news dump um, right. or a corporation dump, you know, news that gets dumped late Friday. So it won't be as big of a deal. It does a whole different vibe when it comes to sports, because maybe people would be looking at their, you know, Monday morning and Monday in general is, is known as the best social media time. But I wouldn't doubt if they did it tomorrow, but I know that they wanted to Espinosa said more than once. Um, whether it's interviews, you know, for, for Chicken Talk and Lefty or, or just in general. I've seen it on multiple YouTube channels over the last couple months talking about this. And they wanted, when they announced their big schedule like they do every year, um, they wanted that involved for obvious reasons. So um, I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. Maybe maybe they'll announce it first, and then a couple days later they'll announce the Showtime schedule. Maybe they'll just – drop it all at once, but um, part of me thinks they won't do it on a Friday, but it's not a news dump per se, so I still think it would work, but I'm anticipating uh, the announcement very shortly, so that'll be nice, and then, you know, hearing about either it's ESPN Plus, where hopefully that lands uh, with Inoue and Fulton and, and, and Haney and Lomachenko, some of the fights that they have lined up too that they've been talking about, Teofima Lopez and Josh Taylor. I'm assuming that would be on the plus as well. It's funny, man, the plus, including this year and then last year, really uh, strengthened the ESPN brand like it did a couple years ago. It's been kind of lingering uh, there for a while, but it, it's it's back, and they're getting some really good fights on that plus. And, you know, they had, they just had a good fight you know, on the normal ESPN as well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they had that, uh, that Navarrete and, and Wilson, that was a good fight too. So, um, but yeah, hopefully we get that good news because we did have match room 
um, into zone kind of released their schedule. They got they got a pretty damn good schedule in spots, that's for sure. And then it would be nice to get, uh, you know, a big announcement because, uh, and, you know, I look back at the date last year. It was like mid-March when Showtime announced. So, you know, you, you kind of think, you're like, what's the wait? But then you're like, well, some fights aren't even finalized yet, you know. So uh, we'll see, though. But anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. And by the way, my schedule is going to change back to where I can do a more steady Tuesday night show. Um, so that that in the near future, that should be you know a little bit more locked in. But I appreciate you being flexible, John. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me as always, and uh, have a great weekend enjoying the fights. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, you take it easy. Have a good one. Take care. All righty. Oops, I just hit something. That, okay, I thought I, I thought I really messed it up. <laughs> oh shit, I thought I hit the wrong button. Anyway, um, I do favor Neary, but I think it's going to be an explosive fight. Just, just the amount. Of, I, I don't know, man. It's just he's very inconsistent. I know, but. Wow, just that experience that he has, just such a, it's just, it's just a big deal to me when it comes to these fights. And, you know, he's not a youngin by any stretch, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say he looked great against uh, even Carlos Castro, because I actually I think that was a split decision. But, you know, for me, some of these fights that he's the Yaman, Yamanaka and Payano and just some, I don't know, man, I, I just... I think he's going to win the fight, but it'll be fun getting there. That's for sure. Um, some other fights. Well, here, actually, I'll give my take. Um, as far as from a, a Lee Wood perspective, before the Kanzu and the Conlon wins, um, he did have that loss. I think it was a majority loss to uh, James Dickens. Um, that's like, actually, I think it was right before the pandemic hit. I think it was like, the early 2020, if I remember correctly. But early on against Kanzu, I did. He's got a good jab. You know, he'll jab straight up using the jab. He'll measure with it. I notice, you know, he does that kind of setting up his right hand, whether it is measuring or or, or flicking it or actually throwing it. But sometimes he, he does a good job of, you know, moving the gloves and try to land that right hand. He did that throughout, and he landed that right hand to the body, too. I mentioned earlier, Wood is able to circle an uppercut, and as much as people don't like it, he's going to have to clinch in this fight at some point. He's just going to have to. It just makes the most sense. Um, because by, I'd say by like the fourth or fifth round, you know, the jab, the right hand, the uppercuts were really landed pretty well for Sue, and, and, and that's something that um, Mauricio Lara is very capable of. I mentioned also that he wasn't, Sue wasn't, uh, you know, letting his hands go enough. So he was just getting tagged on that. I, I noticed Wood, especially in the last couple of fights, he does, and this is nothing new. A lot of fighters fight like this now, but I think it's worth saying. He does fight with his hands low, especially his left hand. Um, but overall, he does a good job with his right hand covering up, you know, staying on the phone type thing, be on the phone when you with your right hand. He does a pretty good job of keeping keeping it fairly high, and I think as it, the the fight uh, 
is, you know, closer to the inside. He, he does a pretty good job of keeping those hands a little higher, but depending on your right hand to protect yourself blocking shots, especially against a guy that throws overhand rights and he's awkward and he, he's a big puncher. I do want to see how that holds up. Um, taking some notes out of that Conlon fight, it was a left hand that, that knocked him down really hard. Uh, beyond digging to the body with that left hand, uh, Conlon was pot-shotting him, jabbing, pot-shotting him. He definitely hurt him at least twice. The second round, he hurt him again. Um, but, yeah, especially with that left hand to the body. But then, as the fight did move to the inside, um, you know, I thought Wood had a lot of success in there, obviously. And he landed some really good short shots. So, circling a lot more is going to be a necessary, along with the clinch. And I mean literally, it's a different style matchup, but think of what Mosley did to Margarita. It's not holding, it's not bear hug holding, it's not what we saw out of uh, Andre Durrell against Carl Frotch. A lot of people thought he won that fight, I get it, but he was bear hug holding down the stretch of that fight, and that, on the road that's not going to get done. And I just think, you know, watching those, those Warrington fights, the overhand rights, like I said, coming from not, not crazy angles but just awkward he's got his awkward style where he just keeps coming and coming and coming and you know he gets hit a lot don't get me wrong but the left hook to the head the left hook to the body the overhand right i think it's just going to be too much i think it's just going to be too much and uh but i am reluctantly at this point saying that it'll go over you know i think that would and the six and a half is the number uh, I just looked at my bookie. I, I think it's got a chance to do that. I am calling for like an eighth round, ninth round uh, knockout. Um, but I openly did. Like I'm admitting, I did put a little money on that because I got it even higher on Wood because, you know, he has the capability. He's got pop. I just think it's going to be, you know, too much. Too much more. Um, there are some other kind of you know, under-the-radar fights. Um, actually, uh, Lopez and Vasquez is a pretty close fight. Edward Vasquez is a favorite. But there's another one, um, Holmes in Villarreal. That's basically a 50-50 fight. Um, that, that's a good fight. I'm trying to actually I'm looking, let me look at some other stuff here. Odds-wise, yep, odds-wise, that's definitely there. So, I mean... There, there might be something here, you know. Um, Gary Coley I've been hearing about against Flores. I don't know how much of a fight that'll be, but, it, you know, I heard if Coley wins that he will have uh, an opportunity to fight, I believe, on the uh, undercard of Taylor Serrano, too. Dalton Smith is on the card. It'd be kind of interesting just to kind of catch up, see how he's doing. Um, you know, he's definitely a prospect that um, is, you know, it's interesting. Um, Shane Mosley Jr. fighting uh, Lozano. I think it is Lozano. Lozano. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we do have uh, 
Sandoval, too. Ricardo, Raphael, Sandoval, he's in action, too. So, um, that could, I, the main event's going to pop off. I mean, that, that's for sure. The main event's definitely going to pop off. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the. And, and like I said, the fact that you don't, you know, that you don't have to choose which one you want to watch is pretty dope. You know, it's going to be, especially, I know the UK has to stay up for it. I, I feel mad for them sometimes. Sometimes. It does suck. Whereas, you know, we get in the afternoon at night, so it, it, it lays in our schedule a little bit better. Not me personally as much, because a lot of times I'll get to watch some of the fights and then have to go do what I got to do, and then I watch the rest of them at night. So I can definitely, uh, you know, I can definitely, you know, I can definitely relate to you having to stay up late night and all that. Um, we will get into some other news here in a little bit. Um, like I mentioned, Josh Taylor, Tiafima Lopez, the Gervonta Davis stuff, the Fury uh, Usyk stuff. Um, I'll give my takes on a variety of stuff. I do think the Edgar, Edgar Berlanga for Matchroom and Eddie, I think that is a good signing. My point is it's like, okay, so I get it. I get why he signed actually a smart move and you know after these two fights with Ryder and potentially Biffle for Canelo why not have another guy he can potentially fight you know so it it makes sense in many ways but I do want to see and I already know how they're going to do it but I do want to see what the media says uh, you know if he just beats somebody like I'm hearing, well, if he beat Munguia, he would earn a Canelo shot. But what what has he done at 168, Munguia? How many fights does he have at 168? And then what's he done at 160? Even? Like, if we're going to talk shit about Charlo's 160 and uh, Andre's 160 and 168, and even Billy Joe Saunders at 168, actually it looked like shit more than he looked good. But... You know, the whole thing with Benavides is he's got to beat someone to get the Canelo fight. And I think that's fair. I'm not saying that that's not fair. But a lot of folks in the media love to really don't just sit around. Don't just sit around and, and, and you know, wait for Canelo. But then, okay, what's Berlanga going to do to get that fight? And are you going to be as heavy as you were against Benavides? Saying he's got to get a win. Okay, cool. Doesn't Berlanga have to get a pretty big win then? Because um, he's looked pretty mediocre since that knockout stretch that they had in the first round. I'm not trying to count him out. I'm just saying let's let's be honest about this shit. If you're going to sit there and say David Benavides needs to do this, this, and this, then shouldn't Berlanga have to do this, this, and this? And shouldn't it qualify as a top-level guy? I mean, is Munguia a top-five guy? At 168, are we really going to say that? I mean, anyway, um, it does look like, all right, so Portland, Josue 503, he's down to get his stuff in, get his takes in, so we're going to definitely go to him. So get ready, my friend. We're going to head out to Portland. Hang on, I'm just trying to make sure. Refresh, okay. 
All right, 503 Portland. What's going on, my friend? Hope all is well. Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero apretado y el brigón. Invierne en su centro la tierra, al sonor rugir del cañón. Yo, yo, what up, what up, Chris? Yo, yo, it's been a minute, it's been a while, but I've been doing good here in a cold-ass Oregon, trying to stay warm. Uh, everything on everything good on my side, but how you been, Chris? How, how you been? Uh, how's everything, brother? And a happy New Year to you, brother. Yeah, I know right it's late, but been, yeah, well, it's late, but hey, you know it has been a while. So yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I, I've been, you know, in February is kind of the time I start to get antsy here in Minnesota because you're just like, mm-hmm. all right, dude, I'm sick of the cold weather. You know what I mean? I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, it's funny because it a little while ago like maybe a week ago it dropped in the negatives right it got to like negative 13 or some shit like that then like 36 hours later it's up in the 30s and 40s and in this week it's been like 30s and 40s and it's uh it's like everything's a goddamn lake you know because all the ice melted not the the snow Mm -hmm. melted a little bit but we had a ton of ice our uh, neighborhood roads have been rough as shit man because it's like a little roller coaster. It's like a rocky ride. But, uh, we, you know, this is kind of the, the month I get a little antsy up here in Minnesota. I can handle everything else. But February, I'm like, all right, dude, like, I'm fine with the snow, but I am getting sick of this uh, cold. And, and next week, we get one more cold front. It's kind of chilly right now, but we're going to have one more cold front. And then that should be it for the cold anyway. Um, but I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Man. Good, good to hear from you. Um, yeah. What do you, you know? Are there things that you want to talk about that happened a couple weeks ago, or some fights that you want to highlight? Because, like I said, it's been a, it's been a minute since you've been on. Yeah, we don't have to just talk about what happened last weekend, or, or obviously Mauricio Lara heading on the road once again against Lee Wood and whatnot. Uh, of course, we'll talk about that stuff. But yeah. The, you got the floor, man, whatever you want to talk about. All right, thanks, brother. Yeah, man, uh, so, yeah, like, a lot's been happening, bro. Um, a lot of good and, and a lot of bad, right? It's all uh, – but I've been, you know, I've been listening and, uh, you know, paying attention to all the boxing, obviously. And uh, But, uh, yeah, man, let's uh, – we could – yeah, let's uh, – we could talk about the, the Benavides uh, plant uh, conference. That'd be cool. I mean, let's start off a little heavy with that one. Uh, uh, I wanted to say, yeah, man, yeah, I, I was going to say um, – yeah, bro. This one was, uh, to me, this one was a, a casual fan's, def- this was a, a definitely a casual fan's fight, in my opinion, because I was even hearing about it at work uh, from casual fans, so it's like, um, but it's good, man. It's like that that publicity of, uh, or uh, you know, David uh, Benavides talking shit, you know, said, calling him, you know, a pussy, and, you know, and saying he's crying and shit. It really, it really was loud, man, and uh, I, th- I thought, you know, that, I thought that press conference was like it was about to be like Canelo and Plant uh, almost again. You know, good thing that the uh, security guards were there and everything. But uh, man, it's like you could tell you could tell these dudes hate each other. And um, obviously, there's some uh, like some background or some uh, you know some past beef. Uh, I guess there's that. You know, I, obviously, all of us have seen that video, uh, that little short clip video where they're like there's kind of a a scruffle in the um, in the gym between them. Uh, yeah, so that, way back obviously, in the day. 
that yeah, yeah. That one went back in the day, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of cool that they got that kind of history, you know? Because it's like, hey, this yeah, is for real. real. This isn't like a fake yeah. thing, you know? No, yeah, for real, man. This is this is definitely beef, and uh, um, uh, you know that that video too. I wanted to say that I want to bring up about that video. Like, I wish, like, I wonder, do you, do you know, like, why it was cut so short? Like, was it because legal purposes, uh, maybe you know, or or it's just that they didn't want to give out what really happened or something? You know, like, do you, you know what I, you know what I mean? Because like that video is pretty short. Like, I've always yeah. seen like the short clip of it. I think it may have been getting feisty enough where people were like, okay, hang on, I got to worry about myself too. Maybe you know, I got to yeah. watch it again. Yeah. Because you're right, mm-hmm. it does kind of end abruptly where you're like, oh, okay, shit's popping off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that, that's one that's one my take about that video. Like, obviously, obviously it's real. I'm not I'm not pointing out that it's fake or nothing because obviously that should, you know what I mean, that that looked real. But, um, but yeah, man, that, that history between them is really cool. Um, and this fight is really interesting, man. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts, a lot of uh, people's opinions, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess media uh, and hardcore boxing fans, you know, like, you know, uh, opinions. And uh, it's, it's crazy, man. There's a, lot, there's a lot of, you know, 50-50 out there. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm ruined for Benavides, uh, the Mexican monster. Uh, I'm, I'm, I got him uh, by destruction. Uh, but it's it's really cool. Uh, it's really cool to <laughs> by opinions, opinions of, Yeah, by destruction, bro. He that, is a destroyer. You know be that that, I mean, that's a good definition of him because he is a destroyer. That dude's coming to hurt you. Yeah. You know, I, I understand. You know, um, you know, I understand that. Uh, like Benavides is, is he? He's most likely. It seems like he's a hothead. You know, going to come into this fight, and that could be a a problem for him. You know, uh, if he shows too much emotion and kind of, you know, shows, uh, you know, if he gets countered all night, then, you know, that's, you know, that, that would suck for him in his part. But I just feel, you know, in my opinion, honestly, like if, uh, if Canelo, like a smaller, uh, 168-pounder could hurt, um, and put down plant, you know, I, I just feel like Benavides, you know, that, that he's got, he's got the power to make a statement. Obviously, I don't think his skills pars to plant. Like, I think plant's got the skills going into this fight, but I just don't think he's going to get away from that power. That like for twelve rounds, uh, man, he's you know he's he's going to have to like it's, I don't know, man. It's like avoiding Godzilla at this point, uh, in my opinion, you know. Um, but man, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun fight. But like like I said, that uh, that press conference how it started, uh, that was sick, man. And uh, um, uh, you know, it's it's funny, man. Um, his the dad is getting into it too, man, which is crazy. Like that. That's uh, and then there, you know, it got really personal with like uh, family shit. You know, that's what sucks about you know going into this fight. But you know, beef will be settled in you know that date uh, in March. So, uh, so yeah, man, I just wanted to bring that up real fast because that's a really really good fight. And I've seen I've been seeing the little highlights of uh, Benavidez training. Um, so he looks he looks good. He is uh, he he looks well conditioned. So um, and plus I, I've been hearing like this is kind of his like longest. Uh, uh, training camp, uh, so uh, you know it's, it's only good things in my opinion. So and he looks good. He looks good. He look, to me, he looks good. He, look, he looks healthy. So uh, it's and, and, yeah, he really in all does. honesty, too. He looks thin. In all honesty, uh, you know, yeah, thinner than he normally does at this point. Yeah, man, he looks good. And um, in all honesty, too, it's, and it's cool. Like it's just around the corner. Like in March, you know, like I think I believe the end of March. So uh, man, it's just you know it's only getting better and. Uh, but yeah, and uh, what other uh, there's other ones I wanted to talk about real fast too. Uh, oh, um, I wanted to bring up that um, 
the the 140 pound the whole Ryan Garcia uh, Davis situation like uh, I, to me uh, I, I never felt like they were gonna make this fight this year uh, too. Uh, it's just it's just always back and forth negotiations in my opinion like there's too many like hurdles and um, and all this these things in the, in the way for this fight to happen in my opinion uh, so but it's just like that it's funny how there's, there's still people that to be optimistic about this fight to me it's dead in the water like it's been dead in the water for like I just feel like these guys are gonna fight most likely like uh, most likely gonna fight each other like when they're there when they're in like their 30s um, that's what I believe, uh, you know, because there's too much, you know, there's too much money in stake for uh, Ryan Garcia to take a dangerous fight like Javante uh, uh, Davis right now. And and all and and all honestly too, man, I love how Javante uh, showed up. I believe he showed up to the Super Bowl in a um, in the fucking uh, what was it that uh, wheelchair, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or he showed up somewhere. He showed up somewhere with a wheelchair. But like to me, that's kind of cool because like it, it made it sparked up a lot of conversation and like. A lot of controversy, like, oh shit, is he ready? Oh, look at this shit. Oh, the, you know, he's, yeah. he's not ready. Did you ready, see his you know, reply to that too? No. Well, what's up with that? Well, they said uh, he no, twisted I, an ankle. They said he twisted an ankle, and he was just being precautionary. He didn't want to walk a lot on it. But uh, oh, okay. But on the plane <laughs> going home, he he put a film on the ground and showed that his ankles are fine. He was like mm. bending the shit out of his ankles. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm good. Don't worry. You know, it's kind of funny. But you're right. It actually did spark interest in it. And I, I understand uh, your thoughts on that. And I get it. A lot of people are thinking that way. Obviously, I hope you're wrong. I believe that you're wrong. But that's just me. Um, but we'll find out real fucking quick. Because uh, literally, it has to be announced next week. Uh, just to, to line up with it making sense to happen April 15th. So we should know pretty quick because, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, John has been saying that for a while too, what you're saying, that it, he just doesn't think it's going to happen this year. So I totally understand why you have that uh, that thought process on this for sure. Yeah, and, and but in all honesty too, I don't know who who ha- what – like who's to blame or if there is anybody to blame. I just feel like both sides don't, don't want it right now. And I hear Ryan, you know, Ryan calling him out and, and saying what he's got to say. But like, you know, I, I just, to me, it's just, it's, it's not right now. It's not at this moment. Just like, uh, like it, like in all honesty too, man, like the, uh, I hate to bring it up and be negative, but like the, even with the Spence Crawford, like, like now that, you know, um, now that uh, Spence is moving forward and now he's fighting Thurman 154, uh, you know, and I just don't believe that that Crawford fight is even this year either. Uh, you know, that's that's my opinion. Like, if that if that's what happened, like if negotiations fell if negotiations fell uh, through last year, um, you know, and they had a like a long time, like a really long time to no- negotiate. Like at this point, like it's I don't know, it's I, it's better to move on. You know, like let, I think we we should move on. Like I had I like I like the idea of Crawford moving in. Uh, maybe possibly doing business with uh, Golden Boy, the the Rocha fight, and then you know some other good fights at 147 Ortiz. Uh, so the, you know, I, I just believe you know let's like you know we should move on. <laughs> you know, let's make some let's make some good fights. You know what I mean? Like let's uh let's, you know if these fights come about, you know like if Spence and, and Crawford happen to meet, and again in the future, then like you know let let's talk about it. But like it seems now, um, 
with Spence and uh, well, with Spence moving on and you know taking a, taking a fight, you know I think we should just all move well, on. Well, it was too, actually you know? it was actually Crawford that moved on originally. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. remember he got had a, he fought somebody. Yeah. So, um, but, 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 I, but I'm but, I hear you on that one because at least we had a round of negotiations and then we saw what happened. Whereas that hasn't yeah. been the case just yet with this. And the difference is both fighters in this one have already signed off and agreed to everything. So, whereas whereas Crawford agreed to stuff, but he never signed the contract. He had the contract in his hand, didn't sign it. Whereas Garcia's already signed his side. So, but we'll see. Like I said, I totally understand. And, you know, shit, we've been talking about other fights too. Fury Usyk, that shit's been talked about for like five months now, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah. in the way we ended last year, the last down the stretch, I can understand why you think that this shit's not happening. I totally understand it. I, I totally you know what I mean? Because me and, me and you, yeah. Chris, we, we've been in this, we've been it's in this business. It's probably better for your mental business. health to have that yeah. in your head, you know? <laughs> Just be like, nope, yeah. it's not happening. I'm not going to yeah. think about the damn thing until it's announced. So I totally Yeah, that. man. Yeah, let's like move. You know what I mean? Because me and you, Chris, we've been we've been watching the boxing business for too long, and you know, you know what I mean. And uh, stuff like like a lot of people, like I've seen like uh, some recent podcasts and like other different podcasts where they're like, you know, kind of fed up, like you know what's going on with the, with this sport, and you know, it's, it's understandable. You know what I mean? Because we're the only ones that like it is the wild wild west in this one. You know, in this business, and uh, and I call it a business because it's not a sport; it's a business first before sport. Um, and I, I believe that, that that's that's the way it's always going to be, and uh, you know, and for because a lot of people, you know, uh, in podcasting, like you get a lot of people's opinion, and, and it's kind of cool because you hear other sports people's opinion because you know they they go about and you know they watch their sports and they try to like kind of uh, make make sense of our sport the the way their sports make sense, and it, it and it's not a sport, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of favoritism and you know if you're the money maker then you're the man you know so it's like but you know it's me and you like i said me and you me and you chris we're lifers in this shit we're gonna die we're gonna die watching this shit bro so you right. know we'll, we'll, we'll be here watching this damn sport so but yeah man and uh but also too man and um what i was gonna say uh that uh Oh yeah, like you were saying that uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Usyk, like uh, you know, that's a fight that I I do want too. Like I wish they could make that uh, this year, but I'm I guess I'm hearing you know uh, uh, Fury maybe Fury Wilder again or Fury uh, Ngannou. Well, Wilder uh, has come out and said that's bullshit though. I'll say that that's just I just heard it today because you're right. It actually was reported that, and I don't know if that's a leverage thing from Fury saying hey. If you don't sign this shit, we're going to go to Wilder. You know, so I don't know if it's a, mm-hmm. he's using it as a leverage, but yeah. there was an interview with Wilder, Wilder, and he said, he said, you know, is that a possible fight in the future? Yeah, because shit, you know, look at our last fight. It was a war. People are going to watch it again. But he said that that's not true. He's not in the uh, secret negotiations. Um, but you're right. He did get okay. blasted across social media. So. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it did seem. I think that was leverage, though, uh, that he's trying mm-hmm. to use. I guess the the idea with that is, is that the Middle East is not willing to put up the amount of money that whether it's Fury 
which it kind of sounds like that. He's had some healthy guarantees reportedly anyway. I don't know. They're just not willing to put up the amount of money that they both wanted. Now, the 50-50 split might be an issue, too. I don't know. Maybe Fury side going, wait a second. I'm, I'm a bigger name than you. Um, I don't know, you know. But it does yeah. kind of sound like there's some noise about it taking place at Wembley, which would be dope for the U.K. fight fans, you know what I mean? But obviously there's not a, as big as huge-ass, you know, purse just to go to Saudi for it. So that's what it's kind of messed up in. But you're right. It got reported like, hey, they're secretly doing the Wilder 4 fight. But yeah. if you hear Wilder, hey, if it's secret, Wilder's not going to say it either, right? So we got we to gotta yeah. put that in the equation too. But it sounds like yeah. maybe that was just leverage or somebody tried to clickbait. doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, okay. So that that makes sense. Okay, but I want to you know that that was reported. You know what I mean? Been lingering mm-hmm. now. It's like how much longer do you need to negotiate? Let's let's fuck either yeah. walk away from it or announce the damn thing. Yeah. Hey, in, in your opinion, do you think uh, Tyson is like is I I, I don't want to say scared or afraid, but he's scared to lose to Usyk. Like he believes he could lose to Usyk. Is you know do do you think that's why? That fight's not happening? Um, I mean, I think the style is difficult potentially for him. Um, and he hasn't faced an outside fighter like this that can move with the hand speed like this. So I think that mm-hmm. plays into it, but I don't think it's uh, preventing him from taking the fight. Um, but I could see why. I think it has to do with more business. It might be the 50-50 stuff that Usyk side has come out multiple times saying it's 50-50. Um, so it might be that. And it might be that he was just waiting on the, the Middle East money, whether it was Saudi or Dubai or whatever, and that it just it's coming through, but it's not as big as they thought um, oh, okay. for the fight. So I, I don't know. Okay. It's, I don't think he's afraid to lose to him. Um, but I just think he wants the money right because uh, it is a risk. Okay. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a risk. I mean, we could say, oh, he's big and he's just going to uh, bully him, but who's he done that to that can that thrives on the outside the way Usyk does, mm-hmm. you know? He's done that to multiple yeah. guys. People think Wilder right away, second fight. But it's like, yeah, but he's not going to just maul over Usyk because Usyk's going to be on the move, but – I think it's a fair question because of the style matchup. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's a yeah. Okay, because I, that's you know because I, I that was my wondering like why this fight's not happening you know because I don't I don't I've been not I, I really haven't been following the the heavyweights of the the Usyk like you know why that fight it hasn't happened but like you know they're both champions they got they both hold the belts they hold all of them so you know we, we want to see them unify. So, but um, but yeah, man, I was, you know that was my take because I feel like Tyson every time. He's like a, a little bit like. Did you see that face off? Like my take is like. Did you see that face off after his uh, Tyson Fury's fight? He tried kind of having having a face off with Usyk. Um, like Usyk was outside the ropes and he was staring at him and he's like, you know, kind of giving him faces and like Usyk was giving giving him kind of a death stare, <laughs> you know, um, just kind of a like a death look, you know, like I you know I've seen worse, you know what I mean? Like not scared, you know. There's nothing to you know what I mean. Nothing but like. 
like this darkness in his eyes, you know, like I, I, that's what I looked at in Usyk's eyes or, or whatever. But I just felt like after he saw that, like I just didn't think he wanted any part of him. I know that's kind of weird to say, but like it's kind of like I just felt like he he didn't intimidate him, you know. He didn't he didn't do what he did to his others his other opponents, you know, like intimidate him and um you know be in their head, uh you know shit like that. So, but I don't know. That's just my take because like I just feel like Usyk's like a uh, like a rock in you know when it comes to a fight like he's gonna he's not gonna show emotion like he's gonna just show skill and uh you know show game plan in the fight so and then probably i could see fury you know obviously fury's really good and we've seen all what he could do but i have to feel like he could probably maybe maybe be frustrated with him but i don't know until we see them fight uh we don't know so but yeah that was just a, a fight i was wondering about and also too man i just wanted to talk about uh uh broner um this dude, man, uh, it's kind of cool. He's had, he's got a fight. That's cool. He's, you know, he's moving forward with his career or whatever. But man, it sucks to have two different, like two other different opponents. You know, uh, Red Catch and uh, Hank Lundy. And uh, but in all honesty, out of all uh, three opponents, uh, I like the Hank Lundy fight just more, a little bit more, just because he he he's actually the skilled. Uh, I feel like he he was the better skilled out of all three, um, and could have probably probably presented uh, Broner a tough fight. Um, you, you know, at this point, because I've seen, uh, you know, because I like I like Hank Lundy. You know, he he always uh he's always a good you know fighter. He always brings it. He always shows up. Uh, he, like I've seen um you know kind of like I've seen his like his Twitter where he posts up you know his regular job and uh you know he's a hardworking dude. So you know just you know he's a he's a common man. So I just want to show him some props and you know uh some support there. So. But yeah, man, it's, it sucks that it wasn't him. And in all honesty, too, I didn't think, you know, um, when he when it was Red Catch at first, I I just thought like I thought that was kind of, you know, a, definitely a tune-up because I thought he would actually knock out. Like I thought he would knock out Red Catch because um, I I never thought highly right. of Red Catch. So yeah, uh, but you know, it sucks now. But now it's some other dude. I've never heard of I've never heard of the other guy, but. Um, and, you know, in all honesty, too, I don't know why it's pay-per-view. Even if it's still pay-per-view, I think it's still pay-per-view. But um, uh, you know, it's I just think they should give this one for free. Yeah, they 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 should definitely give this one for free. You know, because like this one is I don't know. I just feel like it's it's definitely gonna hit hit like rock bottom like uh, badly. <laughs> you know, in my yeah. opinion. I just you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not a fight anybody's looking forward to. Broner. To me, Broner's not a you know he's not the man anymore. He you know it's that it's sad for me to say, but like he shouldn't be like he should like if he's gonna fight like he should always be a co-main or maybe even an opener at this point. But like you know for him to try to be a headliner at, this at least point, not know, on pay per view. You could be in no. the main event if you want, but not on pay per view. I mean, for your first yeah. two cards to have pay per views with this these fights, it's just kind of like wow, really, dude. That's it's kind of a weak start for for BOK Prime, and I'll say this: yeah. everyone out there, I said it before, I'll say it again. Be careful what credit cards you put in on that website, because scattered across people oh. that bought Crawford in Avenesian, they've been charged uh, for this fight, whether they ordered it or not. I've seen multiple people oh, tweet, so because they got your information oh, no and. Yeah, the only information beyond, like, Blue Blood as a representation for this card or for this outlet, the, the only name we have, this guy has has a lot of bankruptcy, let's put it that way. He's got a lot of money owed. I mean, you can look it up. It's like six or seven different 
times in the past. That, that, I don't know a ton about this company. I'm not going to act like I do. But the only name that we've gotten, it's not a good look. So I'm just, just saying that out there. I'm not saying don't buy the pay-per-view. But if you can get like a card that is just a, a one-off card, go for that. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Wow, dude. I didn't, wow, I didn't even know any of that shit was going on, dude. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, people Man, that's literally not, that posted just, their that shit just... saying, wait a second, I didn't buy this thing. Why am I getting charged, you know? Yeah. Damn. Oh. Dude, that, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't, you know, that's a really shady move. Like, but I, to me, it was highly expected from a, from a company that yeah. no one's ever heard of. And I, cause I always felt like this is kind of like a, like a one and off kind of thing, you know, like a, a grabbing, a right. grab and take, uh, you know what I mean? Like a fast one and done and, you know, never to right. be heard again, you know, you know what I mean? So, and, that, and to me, that's what it's leading up to, you know, maybe like a, like a thrill, a uh, thriller or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just damn. That's that's crazy that that's going on. Because wow, that makes me happy that I didn't buy that Crawford fight at all. Because I, in in all honesty, I, w- I wasn't gonna buy it. Um, but knowing that it was on a shady uh app like that or whatever makes me even more happier that you know I'm not one of them the victims uh of that shit. You know, so um that's that's cool, man. It's crazy. But yeah, that makes me not even want to buy that Broner fight in all honesty now at this point. You know, or you know what I mean. Even though, I, even though you know, I don't, I don't steal or, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, try and I to get, get the Lundy part of it too. I, I respect yeah. what you said about Lundy. I get that part. You want to put some money in his pocket. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't steal it live. If it ends up on YouTube, I'm gonna watch that yeah. shit. You know, but I don't steal yeah. it live. I'm with you. No, I don't either. No, I don't. I don't either. It's like because I don't want that choppiness. It, to me, it's like I need to have it like HD, and you know, I, had it, I, I need to have it like perfectly. It can't. It can't buff, and and then all of a sudden an ad shows up, and then I gotta click it again and click it off, and you know what I mean? It's just it's annoying, so I don't do that. And plus, in all honesty, too, uh, for me as a because I like I work like, and so I like podcasting. Like I, I love to listen to people's uh kind of live uh fight companions or fight you know uh chats that are going on and you know they then they post it up and so at work i'll listen to it again um you know what i mean like their live version of the of the show you know what i mean so that's kind of what i kind of look forward to when they do pay-per-views that i have to miss and plus too i kind of catch up with it on twitter uh you know just to, to see what the the fans are saying but other than that because i like you know what i mean like i like to, su- to support boxing even though it all you know i've been watching this shit for so long like even though like it always you know hurts me and you know it doesn't like me and whatever the hell right but like right. i always support it i always support it and give it everything you know what i mean so it's like uh, i'm there forever so though, whatever though it's uh but yeah man and um but as far as that, uh, don't the, then don't have too much other uh, to say. I also wanted to um, give a big shout out to El, El General, uh, what's it, what's his name, or uh, or Vargas's son, El General. Uh, what's his name? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he fought the other weekend, and or yeah, the other yeah, weekend. Emilio, and, uh, Emilio, 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 yeah, yeah, like thank that? you for Emilio. Yeah, Emilio, yeah, Emilio, yeah, Emilio General. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I like that fight just cause we saw him go four rounds and we finally got to see him, you know, yeah. a really good test, like a good test, you know, cause the other, the other mm-hmm. fights he's been putting him away and it's kind of been just a, a one and done, you know, first rounders or whatever, right. but like this one, you know, he, he, we got to see his skills and to see what's up and, you know, uh, 
to to me, I I liked what I saw. I saw um, some uh, some good counter shots. Um, he wants. I could see him being like a little bit. Uh, he wants to be flashy, counter puncher, uh, boxer puncher kind of. Uh, is you know. Uh, so it's, it's kind of nice to see. Uh, you know that, but and uh, but that, his opponent, dude, his opponent came to fight. That guy was there, man. He was even though he came forward and got hit with everything. You know that dude took a. You know he was a tough guy himself. But um, but yeah, it was kind of nice to see him go four rounds and you know see what he was about. So you know uh, nothing but good uh, good things for Emilio. Like I said, I, I love that he's on a um, was a top rank. You know it sucks that his brothers aren't in there. Like even though I feel like that's a big miss from top rank because like that those are big money um, big money possibilities in my opinion. Um, obviously uh, top rank is like a talent pool. They may be waiting too to see how they do after ten or fifteen fights and then sign them. You know yeah. potentially. Yeah. I mean, okay, maybe we've I'll, seen that. You never know. Okay, because uh, you know, because it's just you know, because uh, the only brother is in, but uh, the only the only reason I say that is because you know, because Vargas, right, the the older one, he's got the he's got the full name, and then the other one, there's just an attraction, you know what I mean, like uh, for boxing, you know, oh, you're right. so, like yeah, you know, everybody sure. everybody knows them, you know what I mean, so people are going to stay tuned to them, and it would be nice for them to you know to be on ESPN so we could watch them, you know what I mean, because at first, like, I, do you remember like they were all all three of them were on trailer? And they got some sort of trailer deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, yeah, they that's did where they made their debuts, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. yeah and, nope. uh, so that went bad. And, uh, you know, I, I, whatever happened to that, I think they just moved on from their contracts or something. But, you know, it's just, as, you know, there was, I thought they were all going to be together. It would have been cool if they came in as a package. So, like I said, we could all watch them, you know, for free and shit so we know where to watch them. But, uh, but yeah, man, I just wanted to shout them out because I'm a big fan of the Vargas. Uh, dynasty and uh, the father. I loved, you know, watching him grow. Me, I, I was watching him grow up, uh, or I was watching it uh, when I was growing up. I was watching him fight, yeah. whatever. So and he's funny, uh, you as know shit, I mean? too. He is. Funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's cool. He's cool, man. He's a funny dude. And uh, but yeah, nice to see, nice to see the whole family together and everything. So yeah, it's a, a big positive thing. So um, and also, uh, also can't leave uh, without saying uh, pobrecito. Uh, Ray Vargas, uh, which means poor, uh, poor Vargas. Uh, he had to take a loss, uh, but this is what it is that he lost. And, uh, um, I believe he lost, you know, he, you know, it would have been cool if he got some sort of gift decision, <laughs> but man, you know, the better man won that, uh, Oshiki Foster, I believe his name is, uh, that guy was a hell of a fighter. Um, but yeah, man, it's sad to see that, uh, Ray Vargas lost and, uh, but yeah, uh, and also too, Oh, before, uh, before too, what was his name? Uh, El Baquero, um, Baquero fucking, uh, uh Navarrete. Uh, that guy, what yeah, a, what yeah. a heart. Wilson. What, yeah, what a, what a Mexican heart. What a, what a fucking chin on his ass. What a, what perfect, uh, what I, uh, veteran tactics. I gotta say, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. When you know your shit, when you know what you're supposed to do. Take advantage, and as the guy, if, the, if you get a point deduction, you get a point deducted. At least you fucking survive the fight and survive the count. So that's my opinion, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm with you. You know what I mean? All fair yeah, you know I mean? love and war. You know what I'm saying? All fair yeah. love and war. Fuck yeah! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know. You gotta know your shit to, when you're in this business. And uh, but yeah, man, shout out to Navarrete coming up from that shit. And you know, you know, he got stunned after that one again. But man, he held the shit. Um, but that uh, Ozzy, that uh, Australian fighter, bro, um, that motherfucker came to fight. 
Yeah, that's yeah. all I could say. And uh, that that guy that guy showed heart. Um, but man, uh, it was a tough loss for him. But yeah, like I said, he's he's a tough bastard. But yeah, shout out to Navarrete El Baquero, bro, that we did in Mexico. You know what I mean? It's always every day, every day, every weekend. Every time there's a big fight and the Mexican anthem comes on, the, the Mexican flags are out. You know, it's a big fight. So, uh, but yeah, man, thank you, Chris, for having me on. Uh, shout out to the Rope Adult Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones. Yes, sir. It's good to hear your voice, man. Glad you're doing good. Hopefully it warms up. Trust me, I feel your pain over there. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. It, it, you know, on the low, it's been a good, like a hardcore box thing. There's been a, it's been a good year so far. Serrano Cruz was a brawl. We had some upsets. Even you know, Victor Biev and Yard was a good ass fight. Um, Liam Smith pulled an upset that sounds like Chris Eubank Jr. wants it again. But uh, yeah, man, it's. Uh, it's just it's just the big fights, you know, some of the big fights that uh, we're waiting on to get announced. And, you know, Showtime and ESPN have some fights on their schedule that are really interesting. Obviously, the, uh, the one coming up, you know, at the Armory is really interesting. Two out of those three fights are, are probably going to be bangers. The main event has got a potential to be, you know, the best fight as far as just action. Uh, in the first quarter, um, and then obviously, you know, Benavides and Plan, and that undercard is good. I really like that undercard. It's, it's definitely like a win, not win, go home, but it's like, you know, pull your fucking boots up and tie those motherfuckers because you're getting tested. That's what that undercard is. So I really like that. Um, but yeah, it is on the low. It's actually been better than we think, but it is the other stuff the weight on stuff. It, 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 it just gets old. It just gets old. So I feel everybody's pain out there. Um, and, you know, we did mention a little bit about the Gervonta Davis stuff. Uh, we figure, well, he already tried to plead guilty for what he did. Um, like a couple months ago. So May 5th is his sentence. On May 5th. Now, um, like I was saying, you know, to John Inhosway, I, I understand why people don't think this fight's happening. Because remember last year, we thought, oh, dude, th- th- this fight's happening. Remember Mike Tyson was on with Garcia, and Mike Tyson uh, called Tank, and they were going at it. And that's when uh, Ryan Garcia said two-round knockout, and then all of a sudden Manny Pacquiao uh fake negotiations. No, he didn't think they were fake, but they turned out to not have any, you know, anything to them. And so that distracted him, which I understand. You get a chance, you know, a lot of people, oh, you don't, dude, if you get a chance to fight Manny Pacquiao, especially, you know, a little while ago, um, um, you're going to fucking take it. I don't care who, who you are. You're going to take it, dude. But, um, but then, you know, the injury, the mental health, like, I get it, dude. And we just had some disappointment. So I get it. But, you know, it is scheduled in Vegas, April 15th. The the card, or, you know, I'm not going to act like I know the card, but this is from the Baltimore Sun, by the way. Um, So this lines up, this lines up to still make sense for him to fight. But we'll see. We'll see, you know. And like I said, if they're going to, like, right 
either tomorrow or sometime next week, because I doubt they're going to, you know, announce it on a Sunday or, or even on a Saturday where they don't have a card, you know. Um, but, yeah, they, they got to announce that thing. So that that's the good thing. If this shit's going to happen, um, we're going to know. <laughs> because literally, just, just take out a fucking calendar, not like you have one hanging up, but, you know, look at your phone and whatnot. Because um, that used to be a thing. People would just hang calendars. Some people still do it, actually. I've seen it. But hey, ticket sales, basically, they got to get the shit rolling is, is what it is. And if they don't get it rolling, I highly doubt it will happen April 15th. Uh, in that case, if we don't get an announcement within a week, that's what I'm going to say. What is it, Thursday? If we don't get an announcement in the next week, the shit ain't happening. Uh, Michelle Riviera, Rivera, sorry. I put a river in his name. Rivera remains under temporary suspension um, following a, a positive drug test. This is Nevada State Athletic Commission from the Frank Martin fight. A probable – this is Jake Donovan at Boxing Scene. A probable suspension awaits Michelle Rivera following his first pro loss. Um, according to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, there's two different – um, banned substances that he tested positive for. Sounds like the substances are used uh, like water pills. They're used to, uh, you know, reduce the fluid retention and reduce blood pressure. I think it's very similar to what uh, Luis Ortiz popped on. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. We'll find out some more information there. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. The shit's in your body. The shit's in the. I have heard him talk about how, you know, he um, he's going with the, the excuse or reason, whatever you want to call it, uh, that he unwilling, or, you know, not unwilling, unknowingly, he thought they were fighting. But you know, it goes back to you're responsible for what you put in your body. Uh, sometimes it does happen. Um, you know, sometimes you've even heard of like a residue from the machinery that actually makes these uh, supplements and vitamins. We've heard of that. Of course, we've heard of the, um, you know, the beef from some ranchers in, in Mexico. And, and that is a real thing because other sports, not just uh, cricket-ass boxing, but other sports, like when the NFL and the NBA have gone down there or if there's a uh, international event in Mexico City or whatever, they have said, don't eat the meat, dude, you're going to pop. So um, we'll see. We'll see what, what comes of this. I'd assume he'd get a suspended, uh, but we'll see. This is uh, Mike Coppinger, ESPN, top rank, closing in on a Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez fight. Uh, sounds like May 27th and June 3rd are the, the, the dates being targeted. Sounds like it's, it's not going to be um, – It'll be in the UK, is what it sounds like. Um, they, he's saying here that it could land at the twenty thousand plus Easter Road in Edinburgh, Scotland. Huh, interesting. That'd be kind of dope. But uh, yeah, this one, <laughs> this one is is weird. It's it's like through the back door, right? I mean, that's what it feels like. Like, hold on. So you were supposed to fight Catterall. Then that didn't work. You got hurt, and then now you're healthy once Catterall announces a new fight. Um, 
It's just some random shit. It's just on some boxing shit. And the T.O.P. Malopa was going to fight Barboza. That didn't work out. Couldn't figure out the money, even though they're both with top rank. And then the the pro gray, they were talking about a purse bid when it hadn't even gone to purse bid. So it was always kind of like a little funky. Like, are you sure? You know, like, it's kind of weird, whatever, you know. Um, but, hey, this would mean a lot of money for both of them, right? And no matter how we got to this damn thing, it's still a good-ass fight. I don't care what anybody says. That's still a good-ass fight. So I would be perfectly fine, you know. These are the examples of, like, you know, me being a longtime boxing fan. And, hey, if a good fucking matchup is a good matchup, I'm not going to bitch about it, okay? But it is funny how we got to this fight, you know? A lot of people think, you know, Catterall is owed a rematch. I think that. It was signed, you know? Uh, Taylor. It's weird. Sometimes after undisputed fights, um, the winner and the loser, actually, pro grade two. Oh, actually, that wasn't undisputed. That was Ramirez. But, like... It's funny. Sometimes it just, they just the careers go sideways after that shit. I mean, Taylor, he fought that one fight since then. Was that – that's already uh, – because that was May 2021, wasn't it? It wasn't last May, right? Am I tripping? Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe that was last year. No, I don't think so. It's just weird, man. It, it, sometimes it's just weird how this shit happens, man. But – um. But it's a good fight, and it does satisfy, like I said, money. You know what I mean? It definitely satisfies the money for him, um, which is always an important thing. And uh, so I, I like the fight a lot. It, but like, I understand how the whole ducking this, ducking that, ducking this. Yeah, it was. It was. Someone just sent me uh, a screenshot of the, the box rack. Yeah, May 2021, and then he fought last February against Catterall. Split decision, probably should have lost that fight. But, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, so it's been over a year. It's just a weird, it's just weird, dude. It's boxing. It's fucking weird sometimes. Um, but I like the fight a lot, dude. You know, we, we went a really strange way to get it. But, like I said, that that's... I'm not going to bitch about it. I think it's a good fight still. I like the fight. And it, and it lines up. It lines up. Speaking of lining up, um, I think it was it – who had it first? I think it was Chava from ESPN. <laughs> uh, Canelo Alvarez, John Ryder finalizing a, a, a deal for May 6th. Kind of excited about the site. If they can get this done um, in Guadalajara, at a at a soccer stadium with the capacity of over forty six thousand, um, that would be I would I would like that shit. Am I excited about the fight? No, not really. But you know, dude came off a of surgery. Fuck, he, he lost the pivot. <laughs> People don't act like that happened or something. But you know, to come back and uh, take on Golovkin, no matter where he was at in his career. It was still a good fight to come back off of a Bivol fight, dude, I thought. I don't give a shit what people think. I think, I mean, that's a tough matchup. So, 
Uh, it is what it is. Coming off, was it his wrist that he hurt? Coming off the surgery, it is what it is. If he's going to face Bibble in September, I'm not going to complain too much about John Ryder. But I, I, I do like how if they take it home, that's dope. I like that. Giving Canelo a fight in Mexico, it, it, sign me the fuck up. For that. Uh, Roly Romero, who, you know, we saw that footage of him getting knocked down pretty hard. He's taking on Alberto Puelu sometime in April for that WBA. Uh, Puelu just won the WBA in his last fight. It was a two-fight. It was last fight. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Some people think the dude just came off of a loss. Why is he getting a fight? Others say, well, he was doing good in that fight. He got knocked out by a guy who knocks almost everybody out. So, I don't know. I think it's a decent fight. It is what it is. Um, oh, then there was that. There, <laughs> And this is kind of what John and Josue are saying, too, with this. Because, listen to this shit, you know. Because we're hearing so much shit from Oscar. And like I said, I love Oscar as a fighter, but as a promoter, I do have a couple of things to say about him. Because he's the one, I'm using his words. But this was, uh, <laughs> Golden Boy reached out to Regis Progre to uh, gauge the availability. This happened the 8th, so it's, it's like eight days ago. Um, but they're talking about, you know, and whether that's leverage, trying to, you know, trying to put leverage onto that other side, you know. Maybe that's it, you know, saying, hey, dude, we mean business. Um, but I get it. You know, I, I totally get it. But here, here's what I mean about Oscar, because we already went over, you know, we already went over what he said last week. Remember, he said it, not me, not you, him. He tweeted it, and, and, and it was quoted by Coppinger in the fucking uh, article. And he said we're down to one thing, and I did like how he used the Super Bowl reference. We're on the one-yard line. Don't fumble this, right? But this is what he tweeted just a handful of days ago. I remain focused and determined on finalizing the fight. Contrary to the leaked reports about the rematch clause, there's still a couple of points with strings attached that need to be ironed out. So he's talking about leaked shit. Dude, you fucking tweeted it. You know, we could say if it was just the quotes from Coppinger, maybe he misquoted them, right? That's fair. Should I somewhat misquoted Espinosa on a tweet? That, that's fair. But that's not the case. He fucking said it, you know? He's the one who said it. there's only one option left. There's just one. That's it. So, but we do have, this was from a couple days ago too, Mannix, who was a DAZN guy. Um, they said PBC sent the contract back to Golden Boy that positions Golden Boy as the lead promoter for a rematch between Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Minor details to be ironed out, but it's expected that it, it's going to get signed, and this was a couple days ago. Now Oscar's coming out. Ryan Garcia already said he signed on his, but now Oscar is coming out saying we're good to go. We're good to go. It's happening. We've already signed our stuff. So it's just a little back and forth stuff on this where you're like, what, dude? You're the fucking one who brought it up. What are you talking about? Like, so I get it. I get I get it. I totally get it. You know? But 
they did send this shit back. I mean, we found out about this rematch clause, that there's an issue, and that they already had the money set. I've seen that reported multiple times, that they already had the money set for the rematch, whether that's 60-40 or I don't don't know. But they already had the rematch set. It was just a matter of how they want to tweak it. You know, do, do you know? Do they get the rights for the fight if he wins? You know, in that type of thing. So, and they wanted that, so they gave it to him. He's like, all right, cool. Here you go. That's fine. If he wins, you guys get to promote, be the lead promoter. Cool. So it's like that was quick. Why didn't you just send the shit back to them instead of going to the media and social media? That that's the problem I have because it's like, dude. If that was your problem, then why don't you just say, hey, this is what we got? Why don't you – because it had been a while since they contacted the other side. So it just – that's my problem. If you go to the media, it kind of makes you feel like, hey, dude, until the negotiations are over, I don't think you should really go to the media with a bunch of details. Now, can you give little updates? Sure. I'm not saying that. Of course you can give updates, but – once you start going to the media, it just it kind of makes it sound like bullshit, dude. You know, and so I understand why people are like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, what's going on? I don't, I don't get it. You know, so whatever. April nineteenth is the working date for that Wembley, uh, Usyk fight. I don't know if it's if it's true or not. I really hope so because I want that fight. That, I mean, we've been chasing on this speed for a while. So it sounds like Golovkin couldn't figure out what the hell he was trying to figure out with the fight that got ordered. What was it? The IBS. And he had to drop that belt. So now what the WBA had already done, and it was supposed to be decided, what was it? 10 or 20 days after the Canelo fight, they, they gave some lenience on it. And then now they're back to, they reordered this is Jake Donovan. Uh, they reordered, they reordered the, the middleweight title, um, consolidation fight, right? Because the WBA had 14 different, I mean, other ones did too, but they, they were really leading the league with having two to three titles, right? The interim and the regular and the super regular and, you know, whatever the fuck, right? So they now have 15 days to negotiate. Golovkin, Arislandi, Lara. By the way, RIP to Ron Lewis. This is actually from his Twitter account. I'm sorry to announce the death of my husband, Ron. He passed away this morning at age 54. Uh, so RIP to him. Longtime uh, London-based boxing writer and boxing scene correspondent. So that, that's how that sucks. Man. I've, I've, I've only heard you know good things about them. Oh, and Kenshira, Kenshira um, Tarahi. In uh, Gonzalez, Bamba Gonzalez, unification set for April 8th in Tokyo. You know, we're starting to hear like, oh, Saudi's the new fight capital. Shit, the next couple months in Japan, slow down a little bit. Okay, slow down. Uh, Max Hughes, had, this is uh, Max Hughes from IFL TV. Max Hughes has revealed that. Matchroom has offered him a fight, Coley, as long as he wins, uh, on that undercard um, for Serrano and uh, Taylor. 
So I, I, I followed up on that. Um, so there you go. So, yeah, man, Japan's popping off. They got, like, three fucking fights. Uh, they got some fights, dude. They got some fights. Okay. Oh, by the way, you should read that Corey Erdman uh, boxing scene article talking about, you know, rebuilding his life in in the wake of a disaster that happened. And and it's a great story. It is a great story. So, so I did want to get that out there. Um, it sounds like Jermall Charlo is going to return in June and then he'll be looking for a big fight. So that's good news. Here's a Usyk's promoter. He tells Sean Nam, um, he tells me as long as he represents Usyk, he won't budge from the 50-50 split. And, but George Warren did say he's optimistic. By the way, I don't think the ticket sales are, are official yet. I don't think they're on sale yet. But Stanonius and Ortiz Jr. is official, April 29th. So we know that there was a little issue there with the injury or, you know, what the hell did he was it his appendix what did he have removed was it his appendix I don't know but Stan Onius had like a serious health issue he's good to go I saw an interview at Fight Hype and he's like pretty soon I'm going to be able to run I'm going to spar I'm feeling good everything's good so that fight is on April 29th baby. that's a great great fight and RIP by the way to Ken Thompson as well from Thompson Boxing age 85 1938 to 2023, man. All right, PDU, man. That, that's wow. Wow. Um, I heard, I'm hearing from Boxio Cubano that there's a great chance that Yoelvis Gomez and Bryant Perella will fight each other, probably on the undercard, I'm assuming. I don't know that to be a fact, but that's a good fight. And it, this is what... um. Josue was talking about, this comes from the Daily Mail, which is kind of shaky, I'll just be honest, but Tyson Fury has held secret talks with Deontay Wilder for weeks over a a shocking fourth fight at Wembley Stadium. And also breaking news somewhat, Chris Eubank Jr. confirms he has activated the rematch clause with Liam Smith. That's pretty interesting. Actually, Lo Hannashaw from Behind the Gloves in her interview with Michael Hunter says, uh, Joseph Parker and Michael Hunter close to a decision to face each other next. The fight would most likely be in England. That's a good fight. I like that fight. I like that fight a lot. As I mentioned, Berlanga, Edgar Berlanga did sign, um, you know, with Eddie Hearn, Matchroom. That does make a lot of sense for them. Um, We'll see who he's going to get matched up with. This is uh, some quotes from Eddie. He wants to be a world champion and fight. The fight he wants is Canelo Alvarez. We are plotting a route for him to land that showdown with Canelo. And Edgar is uh, ready to take on the best of 168 division to prove he is ready to meet the undisputed champ. A, A classic Mexico Puerto Rican blockbuster. Uh, oh, by the way, the WBO with Bob only, right? Uh, when they heard about Taylor and Lopez, 
you know, in negotiations. Next thing you know, Teofimo Lopez was called as the mandatory. Oh, that, that was kind of nice. By the way, Liam Smith now is number one rated at the WBO. That came out too, but now we hear the other way. I don't know. This is a sport, sport Bible. Tyson Fury on Anthony Joshua. I don't even go there anymore. No interest in any AJ questions. Zero. Uh, man's dead in my eyes. There's no business between me and him. Done. It's finished. Basically saying he had his chance. He decided not to take the fight. I'm done. Whatever. All right, a little boxing Twitter. We'll get out of here. I've just seen somebody say Edgar Berlango KOs Charlo. Yeah, it's like that. Come on, guys. But let's stop. Can we stop? Can we stop with that stuff? Um, Wood at two plus 200 reminds me of Foster. For different reasons, I agree. I agree with that. Jamel Herring uh, had a tweet saying, the AI is about to replace judges with the scoring points. I would like them to do that um, more of like an amateur, an amateur boxing, to be honest with you. I would much rather that happen there. Uh, Josh Taylor versus Tia Fimo is basically all, all Ben versus Eubank was. Two guys, duck, two ducking ass motherfuckers that won't fight the best in the division fighting to stay relevant. Eh, I don't I don't think that's true. I, I think that's off. I'm not I don't I don't like that. The same folks saying Showtime is going out of business are the same ones who gave their credit card info to BLK Prime. Uh and got scammed for yeah, I mean, you know, I think that kinda lines up a little bit. I think that lines up a little bit. Um do 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 I'll save it. Um. Yeah, I'll save some of this stuff. Let's let's not go into too much. Oh yeah, so um. So actually, Lefty over Jake Donovan's tweet about the Gervonta story said, "Here comes the Google lawyers. Yesterday they were network experts. Today they'll be trial trial lawyers, right?" Yeah, that's that's a good call. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Probellum. One more thing. Probellum. So Probellum, it's now, they're going to have a new company, new name, right? And this is Dan Raphael. Someone said, so what's up? Basically, Dan, I hadn't I hadn't read anything about Probellum going belly up before this article. Any more information on that and what means for the guys like Donaire, Progray, and Stanonius? The fighters with Probellum contracts are in a little limbo. Perhaps they'll be assigned, but some involved with those fighters say Probellum was in breach, so maybe they will be free to go elsewhere. A fluid situation will take a little time to settle. They basically renamed the company, is what it sounds like. They renamed the company. Oh, by the way, no surprise here, Greg Cohen, this is from a jury verdict, public record, this is Jason Cruz, by the way. Um, boxing promoter Greg Cohen gets hit with a verdict finding boxer Malihas. Vladin Malihas pro- proved a violation of the Ali Act. And if you looked at some of the information there and followed up on it, yeah, I'd say so. This is kind of interesting. So John Skipper, who uh, 
you know, was head of uh, president of ESPN and then was with the zone recently too. This is what he said on the Dan Levitar show. He said, that is the single best way I can think of for an NFL to increase their annual revenue for their clubs is to make the Super Bowl a pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. So people want me to go into Espinosa's going to lose his job and all that stuff, or, you know, he didn't get a promotion, so he's losing his job. And it's just too late. There's only – there's not much time left in this podcast. I'm not going to go into that shit. Um, you know, I don't know when Showtime's releasing their schedule. Okay, I don't fucking know. All right? So – I'm just going to keep getting these messages until they do, and I'll still get them after that. But if they put out a, a, a meaty schedule, we'll call it, something with some oomph to it, then why the fuck are they – how could they be going out of business and at the same time putting out a, a, a pretty good schedule, if not a bomb schedule? It, it just doesn't line up. Now, I realize they haven't put that schedule out yet, okay? But remember, it wasn't until March when they put the shit out. And to be fair, this goddamn Garcia shit, Garcia and Tank shit is lingered on, dude. So, yeah, they probably want that part of their announcement. Why wouldn't they? Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. There should be some bangers this weekend. I'd say on paper it's a banger. Oh, yeah, did I say eighth round? Eighth round TKO? Or, uh for um, Mauricio Lara. I believe I did. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. Be back next week. And like I said, in the near future, I'll be back to Tuesday nights pretty much every Tuesday night. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that